Blog Talk Radio. In the shadows of Cinderella's Castle at Disney World, the Miami Hurricanes returned to football this week, attempting to cast aside the distractions of a monster storm that left its path throughout the state of Florida and caused the cancellation and postponement of two football games. The sound of pads colliding and whistles blowing were welcome to the ears of Hurricane players and coaches as they undertook the challenge of gaining back their edge and getting ready to play games again, beginning this Saturday against Toledo. Hurricanes are in Orlando this evening, where they've been really since before the storm. Took a 10-hour bus ride <laughs> up the turnpike. That must have been quite brutal. And uh, left at 10 o'clock on the Wednesday before the storm and uh, didn't arrive in Orlando till 10 o'clock the next morning. Those that made the trip, some players went off to be with their families. Um, team reconvened this past weekend, and now they're preparing for the Toledo game. We'll talk about that tonight, and as always, this is your show. It'll be driven by your participation. The call-in number is 563-999-3633. That's 563-999-3633. Expecting a little bit of an abbreviated show tonight. Uh, Really, not a lot's gone on the last couple weeks. I, I understand that People may not have a ton to talk about tonight, Uh, but after we canceled last week's show, I thought, well, let's have a show of some sort tonight and just see what's up with the Canes Nation out there and go through some of the issues facing this team and talk a little bit about Toledo. So we're going to do that. Um, As always, we have 100 open phone lines, plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate. Uh, Those of you who have been part of this show in the past, you know the drill. 
You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. That puts you in the queue, and we bring you on in the order that you appear in that queue. So 563-999-3633, and hit the number one if you'd like to come on the show. Um, As always, we ask the fans on the message boards at canesport.com to submit questions and topics that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show. I will uh, space them in as we go forward here this evening. Quite a, quite a few good ones this week, so we'll get to those. Um, I'll hit on one right now that I think some people are going to find a little bit interesting. And When is the Canes Nation going to finally have a well-coached-looking team from start to finish in a game? We've been waiting for that for a damn long time now. All right, so that was, a, that was the post in the question. And I've been thinking a little bit about how to respond to that. And, you know, I was thinking, for starters, the Hurricanes have won six straight games, okay? That's a pretty good start to giving you the well-coached-looking team from start to finish that you're looking for. If you take a look at that streak, you blew out Pittsburgh. You beat Virginia by 20 on the road. You won by 14 points at NC State, and you beat Duke by 19 at home. And then you went to the bowl game, and you beat West Virginia 31-14, to 14, a pretty decent West Virginia team. Totally dominated them on both sides of the line of scrimmage. So I'm going to ask a question back to that poster, and I hope he's listening and we will call in this evening. I would like to know where is the problem with what you've been getting over this stretch going back to last November and December. And we won't even talk about this year yet because it's just getting started. But, uh, I mean, we'll see what happens. But I, I think that poster might be just being a little bit negative. And uh hope he's listening tonight and can call in and explain himself a little bit because, to my eye, that stretch is pretty darn good. And then the next question that came in on the message boards at canesport.com, when is that poster going to get banned? (laughs) Well, you don't get banned for stating opinions on a message board. That's kind of like what a message board is for, to debate opinions, topics, give different points of view. So he's not going to get banned for suggesting that he's still waiting for the Miami Hurricanes to give him a well-coached looking team from start to finishing games. Um, But you do get undressed a little bit though, when you throw out a comment like that, that might seem a little bit out of line. And as I just pointed out, it's kind of tough to be negative when you've won six straight games. And that doesn't seem a lot. If you want to compare it to 10, 11, 12, like all the old-time fans are used to from the old-school Canes. But six straight victories in today's world of college football is really not anything to uh, thumb your nose at. So I'd be kind of happy about the direction this program is going. Uh, we don't know yet if everything's perfect or not perfect or you know whether they're going to get to that promised land that they're seeking. I mean, Clemson, from what we've seen, certainly is setting – 
a pretty high target these days in the ACC. Florida State is always out there, having beaten the Canes seven straight times. We'll be in Tallahassee in a few weeks. We'll see how that one goes. But six straight victories is pretty darn good, and I hope everyone is finding some happiness over that. All right, we'll get to more questions later on in the show, but I want to go out to your phone calls right now, 563-999-3633, is the number. Hit the number one on your keypad. If you'd like to come on the show, we can discuss the impact of the storm on the season. We'll preview the Toledo game, and we could talk about any other developments in college football thus far in the ACC Whatever's on your mind on a Tuesday evening, I'm sure we'll have plenty of time to cover it, and um, we'll continue the show as long as you guys are interested in, uh, in discussing those issues. So we're going to begin right now in the 845, where we seem to always begin by design with our man, Greg. How are you doing this week, Greg? Welcome to Kane Sport Live. Hi, Gary. How you doing? I hope I'm you didn't get really- too much Hope you didn't get too much damage from the storm. Nah, a few, few uh, roof leaks, a lot, a lot of foliage down and stuff like that. My neighbor had a big tree land on his brand new Infinity that we had a chainsaw out, and you know that was kind of messy. But all in all, uh, you know, I, I think all of us, or most of us, certainly in South Florida, have to be pretty happy that. It went the way it did, and we just didn't get totally annihilated. Um, and, I, and I know that doesn't help the people down in the Florida Keys that did get annihilated, one of which was Jimmy Johnson, who's who had that dream house he's built up over 20 years down there in the Keys that apparently uh, got pretty much destroyed, and he's going to have to rebuild it. Uh, so we, you know, we're pretty sad to see that happen to Coach Johnson. But uh, I think everyone will bounce back, and they'll rebuild, and – and um, hopefully move on. And the, the latest storm is moving out into the Atlantic. It doesn't look like it's going to affect the game this weekend. So that's good. It, that doesn't help anybody in Puerto Rico who's going to get slammed tonight and tomorrow. But uh, an active hurricane season, Greg. Be happy that you're up there in New Jersey. Well, actually, I'm in North Carolina. I just have a New York number from where I used to live up there. But anyway... I wanted to start by talking about Toledo. I happened to watch the second half of their game last week. They have a pretty damn good offense, I'll tell you. Their quarterback is very good. And if we better play a lot better than we did against uh, Bethune-Cookman. Yeah, they I agree. Can score. I know their defense is garbage, but we should be able to run all day long on that team. So, well, I'm sure I mean, they have a better game plan in this week. For those, Greg, that you know, weren't as fortunate as you to to watch Toledo, let me just throw out a little bit of information right now to kind of set the stage for what you're saying. Uh, I mean, they're coming off one of the greatest comeback victories in school history. They rallied from a 21-point deficit to beat Tulsa 54-51 last week. And I know it's Tulsa, but still, I mean, that's still a nice comeback. They're 3-0. And they're a team that packs some serious offensive punch. They, they racked up 600 and six, 679 yards of total offense last week against Tulsa, the fourth most all-time in the history of their school, um, and the most since they gained 666 yards against New Hampshire in 2014. Um, 
the uh, the quarterback you mentioned, Woodside, he's a senior. Um, had a great performance last week against Tulsa. He's really on a roll right now. He threw for 458 yards and six touchdowns, which tied the school record. Um, he's just been phenomenal uh, throughout his career. He's got 7,600 career passing yards. Um, he's he's got um, a nice group of receivers that can do some damage and, 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 and a running back that's not bad. So uh, they're challenged on defense, but um, I love this matchup for the Hurricanes because the way that we saw the defensive backs play against Bethune-Cookman, Greg, uh, they need a good test. They, they, they need to get better, and, and, and they need another team to come in to Hard Rock Stadium and wear them out a little bit and, and, and just really get them much sharper than they were against Bethune, and this team will do it. Like, um, this, this team has the capability, I'm not going to say to put up fifth points on Miami, but uh, they can create some problems for a defense you know, with their quick passes and, and you know, just the potency of their passing game. And, and I like it because I think the Miami DBs could use the work and are going to get the work. Okay, I agree 100%. Um, I wanted to ask you, the Georgia Tech game, they moved it from Thursday night to a Saturday do you have any idea what time that game is? No, we won't know until it gets until it gets closer. You know, that's the old. Uh, they they have a rule now where a team doesn't have to turn around that quickly, and I, I guess that would have been a five day turnaround, and and that's why they moved the game. But now it'll go into the regular TV rotation, and they won't decide until two weeks out or a week out uh, what time the game will be and where it'll be televised. All right. I just want to bring up something about recruiting and the difference in certain kids. You got uh, Brevin Jordan who gets offered by Alabama and tells him, no thanks, but no thanks. I'm sticking with Miami. And then you got Josh Job who's committed to Miami and he puts out a top three. I mean, this guy's a clown, Josh Job. I mean, there's a reason he's 20 years old playing high school football. You, you got to be kidding with kids like that. You don't. I don't think you want kids like that. What do you think? I know he's a great I, player, but I'm not surprised by any of this. I, I was at Miami Columbus on signing day back in February, and um, had a chance to talk to Josh Job for a few minutes and. I mean, I didn't get a good, I didn't get a great feeling. I, I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know how this is going to end, but I didn't get a great feeling about it. I, I, you know, I have sources up in Alabama, and I know that there was the feeling there that he had committed to Alabama before he committed to Miami, and you know, then he committed to Miami, and and I kind of when I was talking to him and asked him about the whole thing. He kind of, without saying it, suggested to me that he would not end up at Miami. Now, since that time in February, I think he's gotten closer to the coaching staff. I think he's gotten closer to some of the other recruits. And I think that situation has probably improved since February. But now he's at this prep school in Connecticut. Miami can only keep an eye on him so much. Schools are going to be going up there to see him. He's going to be taking visits to schools. Um, I believe he's got plans to go to Michigan uh, at some point here. I'm sure he'll be making a trip at some point to Bama. And 
you know, I I kind of think all all bets are off there. If if somebody were to say to me, who's the one commit right now that you're most concerned about? He he would probably be number one. I mean, so we'll see. I mean, I'm not making any predictions either way. I think it's a situation that has gotten much better since it was in February. I think Miami's done a good job of recruiting him and bonding with him. And, um, you know, he's just one of those kids that can go that, you know, can write his own ticket. And uh, when you, you know, when you're playing with Alabama and stuff, I mean, you know, I, I think I don't need to tell everybody how that can go and we'll see what happens, you know? Right. All right. One last thing. Uh, I'm hoping Ed Orgeron keeps his job till next through next year. So we get to play in the first game of the year. They look like, Total garbage the other night. I cannot believe they got beat by 30 points by Mississippi State. Well, so, I mean, they, they get what they—they're getting what they deserve. I mean, think about it. Why did they give him that job? I mean, he had never been a success as a head coach. Like, why did they give him that job? Uh, the I mean, that's a, that's like a, yeah, but that's like an elite job in college football. You know, you—you you shouldn't right, have to I, settle at LSU. I thought they might give, try to get Jimbo Fisher a lot harder. Than well, they did. did. But... They no, they tried. They tried really hard. Jimbo's just got it going so well right now at Florida State that he had no reason to to go to LSU right now, even though he had always wanted to coach there. I mean, he's. I mean, look at you know the way it's been going for him at Florida State. So um, he knows that opportunity might present itself down the road if he decides he wants to change. Um, at some point, Nick Saban's going to retire, and I'm sure Jimbo and uh, Dabo Sweeney are going to be the leading candidates to re- to replace Nick Saban at Alabama. So, you know, his name he's he's not going anywhere, Jimbo. He's he's always going to be in that top tier of three or four or five guys at the top of college football that they get a look for every single job. But uh, right now, it just didn't make sense for him to do it. All right, Gary. Thanks for having me on. I'll talk to you next week. All right, Greg, as always, I'm happy to have you kick off the show. We'll talk to you after the Toledo game. All right, 563 is the number. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Happy to see a few people have popped in the queue here. So let's get rocking and go out to the 205 where you're live on Kane Sport Live. What's going on, Gary? How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Who's this? This is Jake from Nashville. Hey, what's up, Jake? How you doing this week? Yeah, man. I uh, I talked to you a few years ago at the uh, at the Duke game right before the multilateral stuff. I love love your website. Love your stuff, man. Thank you, man. We appreciate it. But uh, but uh, aside from that, uh, since the, you know they haven't been playing the last few weeks, I took it upon myself to you know go back and watch the game because I really wasn't feeling good about it. Um, Going into this one, I really hope they had their come-to-Jesus moment uh, that game, and it's not this game. Because uh, the conditioning and the tackling is the, – the, in, in the Coach Mark Rick and Diaz era, my concern in those two aspects is at an all-time high. And this is one of those teams that can really, really exploit you if those two aspects of the football game is not going the way you want it to go. Yeah, I don't know, you know, if Toledo has is going to have the athletes to, to stay with Miami. I mean, I, I I think that 
at the beginning of the game, there's going to be some cobwebs to work off. You know, the timing's going to have to come back and, and things like that. But these kids are also fresh. They're anxious to play football. The defense probably has a little bit of a chip on its shoulder after the way Bethune worked them over a little bit in the opener. And um, I'm expecting Miami to win this game um, handily. But I do think that Toledo, with its with its offense, can create some problems. And, and I like I said earlier, I like it because I don't like – patsy games with that you don't get anything out of. And I think Miami will get something out of this game. And I, and I think it's an opportunity to, to, to work on their, on their secondary, which is a new secondary. I mean, you know, D Delaney, really, he really wasn't a- truly, really and truly. I mean, in the first game, what, what bothered me the most, and I, and I understand it was Bethune Cookman and Manny Diaz is saying and really vanilla base defense stuff, but they were running really simple, route combinations and our safeties are playing 13 yards back in man coverage and they're just sitting there completing five yard passes and coming up and either, you know, giving them five yards a piece or missing a tackle. And it just did, it just didn't look good at all. And I know Toledo is looking at that film and saying, well, I, I really hope they do this for us. And that, that's what concerns me the most. And when it, when it went into, when they went into nickel and Bandy was in the game, it was, it was different. But I, I just really hope that um, game time comes around. And like you said, they have a chip on their shoulder and they're playing a little bit more press man and kind of challenging Toledo athletically in a way that they kind of didn't against Bethune-Cookman. Yeah, I think they will. I, I think Manny's going to want to get a little bit more going this week. I don't think there's any doubt about it. I'm sure he was not pleased with the way things went in the early stages of that Bethune game. And um, I think he's going to want to get his guys going a little bit more. I think you'll see a lot more defense out of Manny this week. I don't think he'll empty his playbook, so to speak, but I think you'll see some more rush schemes and things like that thrown into the game plan uh, just so the defense can, can, you know, give itself a better opportunity to succeed. And really, it's really like, you know, this and in any football game, the game's won and lost up front, and if those defensive linemen come to play against – I mean, when the, when the defensive linemen are getting in the backfield and wreaking havoc, that's just less time that the guys have to cover downfield. So, they can really help them out by doing that. I, I'm really hoping that it's, it's more of an aggressive defense than we saw. And as far as the offense goes, I, I mean, come on. I mean, they, they gave up – they're giving up 50 points a game. You know, it's – and it's the same way that Mark Rick was as vanilla as vanilla could get in game one. They were running, you know, RPOs that everybody's seen Miami run. And they could, they could have written their own score down and posted that against the Finn Cookman. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt. So, so um, and, and to piggyback kind of what the caller before was saying about Josh Job, yeah, I, I, I don't think he's sticking with Miami. I think that's just a huge front. Um, it's it's really it really sucks that he did go up to is it Connecticut and is getting away because uh, if things if I I I just don't have no faith that kid's going to stick with stick with Miami at this point. I think it, I think we'll see. I, I don't think it's it's really determined yet. To be honest with you, I think it's a it's a fluent situation. Um, I think that. You know, the the kids probably um, – I mean, I do believe he's committed to two different schools. I really do. I don't think that's made up. Like, I, I think I think in Alabama they feel he was committed to them, and I think in Miami they feel he's committed to them. And um, 
I, I think Miami, if, 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 Miami, Miami wins 10, 10, 10 games this year, you, you feel really good. You know, Alabama, they're going to win. They're going to cakewalk through the SEC. But Alabama goes in, you know, doesn't win another national championship, and the fans are upset. You get very question, you get questions about is Nick Saban going to stay, and all Miami has to do is win because recruiting is a flavor of the month type of deal, and I, I get the feeling that Josh Job is the epitome of that in recruiting nowadays. You want to go where things are good and things are building, and if Miami wins 10 games, you know, I'll feel a lot better. Well, the one thing I will say is I don't think it's a, I don't think the, it's a hoax. I think that's the word you used to describe it. I don't I don't think it's a hoax. I, I think that he spent way too much time at Miami over the spring and summer for it to be a hoax. If he's just playing games with them, there was no reason to take it to that degree. Um, I'm guessing he's more torn, you know, at, at, at worst. And uh, so we'll see what happens there. I think it could go either way. All right. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm really hoping that the DBs come to play. I was really, really impressed with uh, Malik Young again, Michael Jackson. I really like those two kids. D. Delaney, going back and watching the film, he, he did not play as bad as people made it out he played. He had re- one really bad series where he just looked gassed. And uh, aside from that, he came up and tackled really well. But I hope that, I hope that you're right. I hope they had their come-to-Jesus moment in that first game and the defense comes to play and they just – Hope it's a big win because hiding time on offense and defense is over. You know, it's ACC play and big games from here on out, and they can accomplish their goals from here on out. So I'm hoping for the best. Yeah, no doubt, you and everybody else. But, uh, you know, the one thing I'll say uh, about the secondary that a lot of people, I, I don't know if they think about it or don't think about, but, I mean, this is a new secondary, and, it, and, it's, and it's, there's not a lot of experience there. Like, even though Jaquan Johnson's played a reasonable amount of football last year, he's never been the starting safety before. He's Sheldrick Redwine has never even played safety before. Mm-hmm. Right now, Dee Delaney was at the Citadel last year. So, mm-hmm. you know, and you're, you're, you're trying to platoon Michael Jackson, who hasn't done anything at Miami with Malik Young, who's a young kid. So um, it's really... Exactly. And, and, and those those the not to hate on Jaquan Johnson or Sheldrick Rumwine, but physically, they're not safeties. They're really not, which is why it's so important that we hit with these incoming recruits next year and add that depth and size. Amari Carter is – I think that kid's going to be the real deal. He flies yeah. around the field, and he is a physical kid. Um, but you're right. You're right. I, I, and, and then again, I think, I think people really, really slept on corn – Elder last year, and they really, really slept on um, Colbert. Those kids, could, those kids were legit corners with serious experience in, in corns, corns respect. But uh, Colbert uh, had the athletic ability, and now he's on an NFL roster now. I mean, those, Forget those, two. those guys were a little underappreciated. Forget those two. How about the safeties? I mean, like I, I think everybody just took those two for granted. I mean, those, uh, Jenkins and Carter were a hell of a safety tandem when you really look back on it uh, and you compare yeah, it to what exactly you're starting right. the year with this year. I mean, it, you know, that's a big deal losing those two kids like that. And the style of defense that Manny Diaz likes to play, you're, you're as much man-to-man coverage and being aggressive as he likes to be. Uh, that's where the money's made, I guess, so to say, on defense. So, um, I don't know whether or not uh, it'll be that way again this year. 
Uh, I just hope it's uh, it's not the way we saw in, again, in game one. I don't think if it will be. If that's, case, I, if, that's the, if that's the case, it's going to be it's going to be a disappointing season in that. Yeah, aspect. I don't think it will be. I th- I think those guys are gonna gonna come to play a little more this week, and I think Manny's going to give them more to work with. Uh, I don't think he's going to let Toledo just pass up and down the field on his defense. I really don't. I I think he's going to game plan much harder this week, and not harder because he always game plans hard, but but with with a lot more depth this week, I think, and and I think mm. it'll show in in the product mm. on the field. But I do. But I like I said, I, I love that they're going to be challenged by Toledo. I I think it's way better than a sixty to nothing game where that you get nothing out of. Yeah, exactly. And, and you're 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 absolutely right. And again, and in the one aspect of football where people game plan your offense the most, uh, Mark Rick can probably hold on to the ball a little bit, run the ball a little bit more, and maintain a little bit of vanilla against a Toledo defense that should just get should get wrecked. I mean, yeah, I want to take how many rushing yards did they give up last week? Like four hundred or something? Yeah, it was pretty. It it was uh, pretty brutal for them on, in that regard. Yeah, so I mean, honestly, really and truly, you just hand you, they could hand the rock off and almost Georgia Tech them all the way down the field. It, it, at least that'd give your defense a break. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the game. I'll let these other callers get on, man. Uh, you know, I've only called on a few times, but I always enjoy it. Now uh, maybe I'll talk to you next week. You got it, man. Thanks for being part of the show. Okay, thank you. All right, five six three nine 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 three six three three. Five six three nine 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 three six three three is the number. Hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. And this next segment of Kane Sport Live is going to be brought to you by the startup.com. The first the world's first virtual incubator created by Kane's fans to help Kane's fans and their friends and family try to get a break in the competitive business world. And uh you've heard me talk about this company now for a few weeks. It's really one of the coolest I've seen in a long time started by Canes fans. And if you're not a Canes fan, they don't hire you. So you can't work there unless you're a Canes fan. I think that's, that's pretty cool. In fact, I don't know that. I've, well, there's a couple of businesses in Miami that are close to that, but uh, for the most part, um, it's one of the coolest that I've seen. And the folks at the startup.com have created a workplace without walls and an inter- internet based platform called the ecosystem where any current or aspiring entrepreneur can go and test their ideas, build their business plans, communicate and strategize with team members, and even forecast and manage their cash flows. And uh, the ecosystem was created to be a command center for entrepreneurs. And I know there's a lot of Keynes fans out there that are trying to run their own business, start businesses, get ahead in the world. And these guys will help you because they house a robust suite of digital tools for startups and business owners. So visit the startup.com today for a free trial. It's one site at one price to rule them all. The startup.com, the company created by Canes fans, where you got to be a Canes fan to work. You don't have to be a Canes fan to go on their website, but they would like all the Canes fans who are trying to run businesses and startups and be entrepreneurs to come enjoy um, their platform and, and see what they're all about. So visit the startup.com when you get a chance. All right, let's get back to your calls. Again, 563-999-3633. Hit one on your keypad. If you want to come on the show, and let's go to the 786. You're live on Kane Sport Live. 
Gary, how are you? I'm doing good. Who's this? It's Everything 305 calls. What's going on, man? How you doing? How'd you come through the storm? Uh, very blessed. Very blessed. Like There's many of us here in the South Florida. A couple of things here and there, but overall, very blessed. Uh, and I, and I'm, I'm really glad to see how our community came together and, and really uh, helping each other out in many aspects and Couple food drives, churches involved, dolphins involved, bringing Central back home, helping out. It's a lot of great things. Uh, sometimes, you know, in times of uh, disaster like this, people come together and our community's doing a nice job, and it's it's uh it's, it's very refreshing to see. Yeah, I agree. It, it, that that Miami Central thing was really nice to see. The dolphin players step up. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, the money doesn't mean a ton. Um, to those guys and they, you know, the fact that they had the inclination and willingness to help the kids at Miami central, the way they did to get through that time in Las Vegas and, and get back home. Eventually they had to come back in, in stages that, you know, they couldn't just put everybody on, on flights after flights got canceled. So their travel plans were in total disarray. They had to find flights out of Vegas when they could, they had to pay, whatever it costs to get their kids on those flights. And it was really nice to see the Dolphins players step up and, and help them. One of the things that this program has, has, has done a fantastic job of in the last 35 years is it, it's been the one, one of the few things that everybody comes out and can enjoy the product on the field, but enjoy watching the local kids do well in the days of Howard. Um, you and brought this whole community together in many ways. And a couple of the 30 for 30s on that Billy Corbin made, you know, they, they make note of it. Several different people make note of it. But it's just uh, it's just the right time for this community to come together. And, and now, hopefully, on Saturday, they'll come out and show up and, and support these kids, that, you know, the current kids that are out there busting their butts and have gone through hell and high water trying to figure everything out with living in Orlando or going back home and, uh, it's been a trying time, so hopefully the community will come out and support these kids on Saturday. I'm really hoping we have a nice crowd. I think we will. I think people are jonesing for football. You know, the Dolphins haven't played. The Canes haven't played in 21 – will not have played in 21 days. I think people are going to be jonesing for, for football, and I, th- and I think that the crowd will be decent. Um, one thing that I was looking at, Gary, to be a little bit more specific with regards to our opponent, um, but they put a lot of – the last five years, they've had about 11 kids make NFL rosters. So they're skilled kids. They they develop them pretty well. And the system is a pretty fast-paced system. But it's it's refreshing to know that we're going to face a quality opponent on, on, on Saturday. There's no there's no gimme here. We've got to go ahead and really sit back and earn it. Um, what challenges are you looking at right now from a defensive perspective? Because uh, their defense isn't very good, but their, their offense is really good. So what challenges, specifically what matchups are you looking at? Well, I think if, when they look at the Bethune-Cookman film, they're going to be thinking they can go after the Miami corners. Uh, you know, they're going to want to test D. Delaney. He had that, that rough stretch in the second quarter against Bethune. Uh, they're going to want to see what he's all about and see how he hand, can handle things. Um, I think that the way Miami is – Approaching the game on the other side, I, I think not just Toledo, but I think Duke and Florida State as well 
I think you're going to see them challenging Michael Jackson on first down. Um, you know, I don't, I think when people scout Miami that I don't think it's any secret that Malik young uh, in terms of a cover corner is a little bit better probably than Michael Jackson. I don't think there's any question about that. And I think that if, if you're going and looking to attack that from the strategic standpoint of the opposing coaches, you're going to be wanting to see what Michael Jackson can do on first down. So um, those are a couple of things I'm looking to see now that there's some tape that people can look at and kind of see what Miami's doing. Um, obviously the, the safeties are going to be tested. Uh, the whole secondary is going to be tested, you know, with a team that can throw the ball, you know, in, in, in the way that these guys can and with, with a quarterback who's pretty darn good. So uh, it's going to be fun. I think, I think, I think it's, I think it's good. Like I said, good, good that they're not, going to just walk out there and you know put a w on the scoreboard just by showing up i I like that they're going to have to compete um i like that toledo is going to test the secondary which is going to get tested even more against duke and florida state and um it's good in the progressive development of the defense the one thing that i do like about this matchup is that uh toledo gets rid of the ball really quick uh everything's really quick so uh the pass rush is going to be somewhat nullified by that but if Manny starts off in base once again, um, it's just it, it's going to be to for me it's going to be a telling sign that he thinks our linebackers are better or better playmakers than going nickel. Um, and I, I I I'm hoping we don't open up in in in, in base, but I got a feeling that Manny's going to open up that way. Maybe throw some wrinkles in, some different blitz packages. We'll see more of the playbook to create pressure, but. Um, again, it, it's hard to watch these guys match it up against wide receivers in the slot. Very difficult uh, at this level to, to do that and get away with it. So hopefully he opens up in more of a nickel package. Um, and in terms of the safety play, I, I, I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. I got to see more more out of Jaquan Johnson. I just I got to see more out of him. He's got to cover more ground. Uh, he's got to be more involved. He's got to make more plays. Uh, he's he's the one kid in that defensive backfield that's got the most experience, that's been exposed to the most, that knows the playbook the most. But uh, is he an every-down safety? Is he an every-down safety? We we do I, not I know that. I don't think he's an every-down safety. I don't think he is, and eventually the Carter kid will, will make his, his uh, case to start. But right now he's the one kid that, against an offense like this, He's definitely my nickel guy. I think he can handle it. I think uh, he, he showed last year against Florida State he handled it pretty well. Well, that's uh, we're the trying question. to rotate Bandy. Yeah, I mean that's the question. That's an option. Uh, do they put Bandy in that nickel I mean, role, or do they roll Jaquan Johnson down there and maybe play Robert Knowles a little more at safety? You know, they do have some options, but none of them are proven. Like there's no proven options in the secondary. And it, it could end up being a bigger concern this season than anybody wanted to admit before the year began. I mean, we'll see. You know, I don't think we can – you, know, you can't make judgments off the platoon game. No, I mean, no we can, question you can't. We can see that there you were some issues. Carry. No, we can see that there were some issues. But I don't think you can make definitive judgments off the platoon game. But it's something to watch this week for sure. Uh, and I hate to go back and bring up the past. The past is the past, but not being able to, to land. And I mentioned this all last year. We had to we had to land one or two more cornerbacks, and we didn't. And, I, and everybody kept on saying, "Well, the 18 class is loaded. You can't wait for 18. That's 
That's a train of thought of the school of thought that Al Golden used. Well, in this class, we're going to be much stronger. No, you've got to secure the best. And, and not not to say this because I I know the kid has a bit of an attitude and he's a little bit of a prima donna, okay, another Columbus kid. But, but losing C.J. Henderson, I, I think, really hurt us. Well, you um, see what he's doing he in Florida. Able... I, think he, I think he's returned two interceptions for touchdowns already this season. Yeah, and and and, and they're you know one, both are gimmies. I get all that, but but the kid is doing a nice job, and he's not being any well any he's not being coached up there any better than he would have been coached down here. And to not get that kid, and what happened at that All Star game when he got benched and when Rump kind of lit into him. Uh, I get all those things, but that's one kid. I got to tell you, that's the one kid we definitely, definitely needed. Um, more so than the kid from Miramar who ended up going to Florida as well. But that's one kid that I just, uh, I'm, I'm really regret we didn't get him. And, and in talking about Josh Job right now, as your previous, uh, one of your previous callers mentioned, um, I think from what I'm hearing is if Tyson commits to UM, he's not going to come here. That's what I've heard. Uh, and, and, and basically, some kids assert that well, if it's between me and a kid that a kid that didn't that played for for Rump at Heritage, that kid's going to get the first dips, which is the same stuff I heard many a couple years ago with Mark Walton and Ice. You know, that some running backs were like, well, he's going to get first dips over me because he played for him. And, and you hear the kids bring this stuff up. You hear, you know, the different uh, so-called uh, youth coaches that are still involved with these kids and helping these kids with their recruiting process. Some of the high school coaches that we know too. So I have heard that. So I wanted to find out if, if that's something that's come across your ears. Have you heard that? Have you seen anything with, with regards to that? Because that's something that kind of makes sense. But at the same yeah, time, I mean, maybe just talk. Whenever there's this many defensive backs in South Florida, they're not all going to come to Miami. There, there's just no, there's, there's just no way that that's going to happen because the biggest recruiting pitch that Randy Shannon's making up at Florida, which is, you know, he stole those two kids last year at the end, um, the Alabamas of the world, you know, that's their pitch. Like you can't go to Miami with seven other DBs all at one time. There's not enough, you know, you've got guys there already. Now seven of you are going to come in at one time. There's not enough, there's just not enough playing time for all of you guys. So somebody's got to go somewhere else. And that's usually how it happens. Uh, I think if you're the Miami coaches, you got to recruit them all. You, you got to recruit them all. They're all, they're all great. And you take as many of them as you can get and, uh, and worry about it later because um, it's, it's one of those rare years right now where you, you've just got to, a position group like that that's loaded up. So we'll see what happens. You know, I don't know. Like I said earlier, I don't know. I don't know what he's going to do. I think it could go either way. If if I had to make a bet, just based, I would have to revert back to February and the conversation I had with him, and and you know that that gave me reason to believe back then that it that it was in question. But you know, I think things have changed since then, and and I think, like I said, that he's developed a closer bond with the coaches. I think. Um, you know, but Rumpf and Banda have done a really good job recruiting him. And so this one could go either way. And George, George Baez too has been involved there. He's an internal ops guy. Uh, he's been involved in that one also. And like, you know, they've, they've, they've done a good job bonding with the kid and, and, and building a relationship. So we'll see what happens. I, I definitely like you throwing that wild card in there. Cause that Baez does, does a lot of things behind the scenes and, 
um, you know, years ago he said that the best player was uh, was uh, JJ. He said that's that's the kid that thought we're gonna be playing on Sundays. That everyone else is really talented, but JJ's gonna be playing on Sundays. He called that a long time ago, and the impact that kid as a freshman was insane. Um, so I, I I really like Baez and, and what he does on the recruiting front. I think the other person that's really elevated that program, you know, is the guy from Southridge also with the locals. I think he's come in, uh, Coach Kuhn, he's come in and done a nice job. And I and I look forward to him, uh, you know, maybe even continuing to progress. Hopefully he'll stay here not you know, go off to, uh, to another program here pretty quick. But I, I know he's doing a nice job. I know it's his first Yeah, I don't think he will. I think, I think they're going to keep level. expanding his role. Um, Baez is not working in recruiting as much anymore. Um, he – he kind of slid into that Kareem Brown job when Kareem left. And uh, so, right. you know, they've mixed it up a little bit and, and, you know, played with the mix, but uh, Cooney's got a really nice personality and I, I agree. I think he's going to help some with the local kids and they're, they're doing fine right now. They just got to keep the momentum going, obviously. And uh, cause there's always those sharks lurking, man. And, you know, you can't wait. Like you, you do great and you get all those deep defensive back commits and then Florida and Florida state are down here poaching. Like, you know, y'all can't go to Miami. Every one of you can't go to Miami. And it's a pretty, but, it's a pretty, so it's a pretty but it's a convincing, if you think about it, it's a, it's a convincing pitch. I mean, how many DBs can go to one school? And there's a lot of them this year. I, so. think, I think we had, we had what Florida had six go there last year. You know, so uh, there's ways of countering that and just basically look, looking at the numbers. Well, but they snuck the, they, they snuck the last Randy two in at the end. Be. You know, Randy <laughs> snuck those two kids in at the end after, you know. So I don't know if they would have gotten all six had it played out quicker than it did. Well, I, I'm just hoping we can keep what we have and, and get an extra kid or two. Uh, one kid that continues to – it continues to to disappoint, and I keep hearing like uh, I think it was yesterday he was horrible at practice, got chewed out pretty hard. The, the kid from Gullah, the, the Mullins kid, Gary, what's going on with that kid? He just, I mean, I don't know if he's ever going to pl- really play. Like I don't, I, I mean, you look at what they have there right now with what's coming in next year. Uh, I just, I don't know that he's ever going to make it. You know, I, I it, he, he's he's kind of fallen a little bit behind, and I don't know. I, if I had to say right now, it would be I have serious doubts that he'll ever ever really play much because he's got some pretty good receivers coming in in the recruiting class. You know, when you look I'm at Pope and, and and Hightower and and just don't sleep on this Wiggins kid, man. I love this Wiggins kid. The other, you know, he he's the other receiver at Southridge, and nobody really talks about him much because of Mark Pope, but. Uh, I've been very impressed every time I've seen him. I mean, that kid can play, and uh, he's—I think he's going to be a very good receiver. So, don't know. I don't know about Deontay Mullins, man. He—he's—he just—he's he's let it slip away a little bit, and I don't know that he'll ever get it back. Uh, I, I'm surprised he's eligible because if you can't stay eligible at the Gulliver, uh, at Gulliver has two campuses, one, one the the regular and then the intensive, and he was in the intensive, and he could barely stay eligible there. So I'm surprised he's still eligible, to be honest with you. And I hope he's able to put things together academically. That way he can have a future and be productive. Uh, he'd be the first college graduate in his, in his household. So hoping he gets things, to, you know, at least academically taken care of. But on the field, been very disappointing. And 
A uh, couple of last few things I want to bring out. Two kids, two local kids. Now, I don't get much into the rankings, who's number one, who's number, you know, 300 or 240. You know, those who come in and work their butts off and get coached the right way and have the desire day in and they mature mentally, physically, emotionally, all those things. Uh, but when you look at a kid like the the coward kid from Auburn, who's been pretty much just a fantastic bus across the board, and then you look at some of the kids we have locally that are not even on the top 250, uh, the defensive tackle from Heritage, uh, listening to his uncle two weeks ago complain about it and how on certain things he's here and other things he's not even giving any a sniff or this, that, the other. And you t- the kid from Killian, who was uh, who's now at Southridge, so the offensive line. I mean, those are two kids, Gary, that I, I really think are going to be able to come in and play. Uh, maybe not start right away, but kind of like contribute, especially the, the Silva kid. What are your thoughts about him coming in and be, being able to compete and, and get some tick? The, 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 the skate kid is, is, I really like. I, I've been very impressed with him. He's got great technique, uh, good leverage. I, I think he's going to contend for playing time very, very early. We had him up at the, the Rivals five-star challenge uh, back back in the summertime and put him up against the best defensive lineman in the country, and he wasn't outclassed. He held his own pretty well, and you've seen his stock continue to go up with the analysts. And um, he's, you know, started out as a three-star, and now he's a sound four-star. He's not going to make it to a five-star, but uh, made a nice jump. Everyone's been impressed with him. He's a nice kid. Uh, I, I, I like him. I think he's got a chance to come in and, and contend for playing time in his first year, which is not a positive, but when you look at the situation on the offensive line right now it's it's not it's not it's not real good so uh you know they may need him to come in and play right away and i think he's got a chance uh, i heard a couple of the local coaches talk about how he's, he's got a little bit of a nasty streak in him and one one coach who's now at shaman told me that he kind of reminds him a little bit of uh the, the kid at parking last year and uh Corey gainer yeah a little bit of a mean streak in him and can get the little from what I'm hearing. Bigger, bigger, bigger than Corey Gaynor. Uh, a little bit, you know, maybe a little bit better footwork and you know just raw uh, skills than Corey Gaynor. Corey Gaynor makes it up with his tenacity, how hard he plays. Uh, so you know, both are very good prospects for Miami. You know, moving forward. Um, but the Scave kid as a high school prospect coming into college. Probably a little bit further advanced. And physically. Yeah, physically. Well, Gary, great having a chance to talk to you. I hope everyone comes on with Saturday to support the kids, and hopefully uh, we'll see a bit more of an aggressive defense. And I really want to see – I want to see us get three running backs hit 100 yards rushing. I really would like to see that. You might. Pound the ball as (laughs) best as we can. You, 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 you might see that. We'll see. All right, man. Hey, uh, thanks, for, as always, for being part of the show. Keep Great me call. Keep if you don't mind. Keep, always keep always do. You You're all set. We'll talk to you again next week. All right. We got the number, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. Got a lot of guys out there listening. Let's get some first-time callers on the show this week. Great, great time to get your feet wet a little bit here at Kane Sport Live. Don't be shy. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. I got a couple guys in the queue, but there's plenty of room behind them. 
And, um, you know, like I said earlier, well, you know, I'm expecting tonight's show to be a little abbreviated just because there hasn't been a lot going on. But uh, we'll continue the show as, as long as you guys uh, want to and, and have opinions and topics that you want to get into. And I've still got a long list of them from the ones that were submitted on canesport.com that we'll get to there. So 563-999-3633. Hit one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. And let's go now to the 305. You're live on Canesport Live. How are you doing this evening? Hey, Gary. How are you? I'm doing good. Who's this? Adam. Hey, what's up, Adam? How you doing this week? Good. Glad to see you made it out okay after Irma. Yeah, not too bad. It's about 17 hours yeah. without uh, without power. Yeah. The, you know, the, the the wife was getting a little cranky from yeah. the sweat <laughs> from the sweat pouring down her body, but um, other than Yikes. that, it was all right. <laughs> yeah, it was, a little, it was a little hot during the day. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, I think uh, you were talking earlier about safeties. Um, is there any word on Romeo Finley, or has he just not come along the way the coaching staff would have liked? He's doing okay. He's, I, you know, he's he's playing second team right now. He's, you know, he he gets a little bit of playing time here and there, and he's doing okay. Um, I, he's not a starter at this point of his development. Uh, probably not as consistent as Coach Banda would like to see him, but. Uh, <laughs> he's not a. I wouldn't call him a bust by any means. I mean, he's a he's a productive member of the football team. No, oh, okay. He's no, doing a lot because, on special teams, I think. Yeah, no, because you're right. We definitely the DBs, and again, um, it was Bethune Cookman, so you you really can't read much into it. But Bethune Cookman made our DBs look very, very bad, or very bad. At times, I mean, let's keep it in perspective. Yeah, at times. Okay. I mean, let's qualify it. Vanilla game plan. Manny was sitting yeah. on his hands, and I'm sure mm-hmm. that was frustrating for him to not be showing a whole lot of scheme and not want yeah. people to get a real good look of his new players in schemes and things like that. And mm-hmm. I'm sure it frustrated him at times. But uh, against Bethune-Cookman, they should have been able to go mano a mano and, and dominate in, in totally yeah. – in a total base defense. And uh, I agree with you. That didn't happen. Yeah. Um, a couple of other questions. Um, do you see uh, Sitowski as a solid commit, even if like Rozier takes the job and runs with it for the next year or two years? Is there yeah, any I don't chance see why, I don't see why could... not. I mean, right now it's looking like unless something crazy happens here, that Rozier is the quarterback and, uh, yeah. As we get deeper into this thing, you know, it increases the likelihood that Nikozi Perry is going to get redshirted. And <laughs> then he's, you know, on an even plane with Sitkowski. And he, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't come. Okay. Um, I mean, anywhere yeah, good, you go, uh, if you go to any school that's yeah. good, you're going to have competition. I mean, if yeah, you're afraid to compete true. with one or with one or two guys, like I, if I'm Mark Rick, I wouldn't want a quarterback like that that doesn't want to come compete with other people. Yeah, that's true. Um, a couple other recruiting notes: Is there anything to this Mark Pope to Florida thing? Because I, I so. heard or saw he, that he was at the game last week or something. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, I mean, there is some dialogue there, but I don't, I don't believe that's in danger right now. Okay. So, and what about with Gervin Hall? I heard that he was in Louis at Louisville for the Clemson game. Is he in danger of flipping? Uh, he would be number two on my list that I'd be concerned about. 
Um, I'm not going to say he's in danger of flipping, but like mm-hmm. I said earlier, every DB in the southern part of the state is not coming to Miami at the end of the day. Um, no. Some of them are going to, you know, some are going to go elsewhere. So, uh, you know, right now you've got these guys who have been committed for a long time. There's mm-hmm. no. There's, you know, we, you know, Job obviously is much talked about, you know, we don't know. I know, you know, Gervin Hall, a lot of people want him and, and that's, you know, that's, that's a good thing for him. Not Mm -hmm. necessarily a great thing for a school like Miami that's trying to hold on to him. And because you don't see him on campus as much as the other guys. So, you know, I don't know. We'll I mean, we'll see. He'd probably be the second one I would say if I was looking at the defensive backs that could possibly maybe fall by the wayside, but too soon to tell. Okay. I think it's, I think it's good that Uh, there's an early, early signing day because if a kid doesn't sign in December that you've had committed all this time, then you pretty much know the chances are high. He's not coming because, you know, and, and and that's, and that gives the coaches time to sort of assess and, 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 you know, get a new game plan if they need to. Uh, Okay. Well, I mean, you were just talking about that, and I thought I had read somewhere that Brevin Jordan said he wasn't signing during the early signing period, that they were doing a big ceremony at Gorman where they all sign in February or something. Yeah, all right, well. I mean, in today's day and age, a lot of your kids are early enrollees, and they're definitely going to sign in December. I I like the – other than the fact that it wreaks havoc with, you know, vacations yeah. and stuff that you kind of might like to take at, at that mm-hmm. time of the year when you're in our business. Um, yeah. You know, around Christmas time is a good time to get away for a day or two, but um, mm-hmm. you know, now we got to, now we're going to be covering signing day, <laughs> but uh, I mean, yeah. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's great. I, I, I think it's, um, I'd like to see it earlier, but you know, maybe a week earlier, but I think an early signing day is a really good thing. Yeah, and, and a couple of other questions about the team. How did the team look at the wide world of sports? Was there a lot of rust, and then the rust slowly came off? Because, again, they had, like, a two-week layoff. Yeah, of course there's rust. I mean, how can there not be rust? You know, yeah. it, I mean, you know, I'll, I'll play Mar- – we didn't – you know, there's an extensive interview with Mark yeah, Richt talking about all that that I'm, I'll play in a few minutes and yeah. you can hear him talk about it. But uh, yeah, of course there's rust and, and, you know, the kid's got to get mm-hmm. used to contact again. The offense has to get its timing back. Mm-hmm. And until you get into on game day and start doing like really full speed work, um, there, it's going to take a little bit of time. I wouldn't do, I'd be shocked mm-hmm. if you see a great first quarter on Saturday, you know, there, there could be a readjustment period there. But uh, mm-hmm. I think they'll be okay. There's a nice progression here. You got this game this week. Then they got to go yeah. on the road to Duke, to Duke, which is doing really well here early in the season, and yeah. will be will be a serious test. And, and you know, then move on from there to Florida State. So, uh, you know, nice progression. They have time to get their yeah. timing back and everything. And uh, I think it'll be okay. But yeah, of course there's rust, and of, of course there's cobwebs. And um, the good thing is it doesn't look like the conditioning suffered too badly with the big okay. guys. That's what you worry about the well, most, that, you yeah. know, the, the, the linemen getting out of shape mm-hmm. over those couple of weeks, you know, maybe eating too much or, you know, not working yeah. out things like that. But it, it sounds like a lot of these kids did, did some work on their own. Um, they got mm-hmm. the team back together and did some running for a couple of days and things like that. So hopefully they'll be okay. Okay. Um, a couple other questions. Do you see uh, DJ Johnson having a big role on the team this year? No. Or would it be better if he like redshirted this year? I- 
With I don't all the think depth. he'll redshirt, Adam. I, I don't think he'll redshirt, but I don't see him having a big role. I, I you know I see him getting a, a play or two here, a play or two there. I don't see him getting a big role. I also think he's going to outgrow the defensive end position. I think he'll end up as a defensive tackle sooner rather than mm-hmm. later, um, perhaps as soon as next season. Um, but uh, okay. I, I, I think that you know the, they they it, they on the chance that they need him next year. Yeah. Because you know if Norton and McIntosh leave early, they I think they want to get him to yeah. playing time. That's why they're not redshirting him. I, I at least it doesn't look like they are right now. And um, okay. but I, is he going to make a huge contribution this year? I don't think so. Okay. And, and with the linebackers, um, are Jennings Jr. and Wilder? Uh, candidates for are they going to redshirt this year? Don't know yet. I gotta believe okay. that at least one of them figures two. I, I, mm-hmm. I mean, I, unless they really feel like they need both of them on special teams, you know, which they yeah. might. I mean, those are the kind of guys you want on special teams. So uh, they're the the perfect special teams players. So it's too soon to tell. Okay. And how's um, Steve coming along in his rehab? Because didn't he tear his ACL last year? Who are you talking about? Wayman Steed, I think is his name. Oh, yeah, he's doing good. He's, he, yeah, yeah. He, he, I mean, I, I think he's going to obviously redshirt this year, but he, he's coming along pretty yeah. well. And, and he, yeah. was, he, he, was, he was running around during training camp and, and getting some work in here or there. Not a lot of full contact work and stuff like that. But, okay. um, but yeah, he, he's, he's progressing. Okay. I'd be very surprised if he doesn't redshirt, though. Okay. And last question, do you think, um, and again, this was against Bethune-Cookman, but could Langham be like uh, that deep threat a la um, David Njoku last year? Or would that be more uh, Lawrence Cager? I think Cager runs a little bit better than Langham. Mm -hmm. I I think Langham was able to be real dominant against Bethune-Cookman. I think as teams get, the teams get faster, as the year mm-hmm. goes on, and they can run with him a little bit better, I don't, I don't know that he'll have as big an impact as he had in the Bethune game. Um, I personally okay. think the Cager is the more complete receiver, and the guy that I think that you'll see make a bigger impact. Uh, okay. Well, uh, thanks, and enjoy the rest of the show. All right, Adam. We'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for being part of it. All right, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. We're going into hour number two. You hit the number one on your keypad if you would like to come on the show. And uh, let's see, let's go out to the, let's go to the 256. You're live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Yo, what's going on, Gary? Doing great. Who's this? Yo, man, this is Juan from Alabama, man. What's up, Juan? Another day, man. Glad to see everybody made it through the hurricane, man. Yes, sir. I got family, I got family down there, and from what I hear, everything was crazy, man. It was. The, the, the thing that was the craziest, really, that I – more so than in past storms that have come through is just the, the, the traffic. I mean, they did a great job. Of and, and a lot of people think there's a conspiracy to this. I don't, but they did a great job of getting people to evacuate from the coastal areas that were most in jeopardy of getting slammed by the storm. And you know, yeah, a lot of the people in South Miami 
who looked like they were going to get nailed in and, and, you know, they just have minor damage and things like that. But if that storm, I mean, look at what it did to the people in the Keys. And if, it, if that thing had just turned a little bit sooner, it would have nailed South Dade and, and things like that. And, you know, really you can't play with these things. And, and I thought that they did a really good job of getting people to evacuate this year. But, my God, the, the bottlenecks on the roads were just absolutely insane. I mean, Miami left Coral Gables at 10 o'clock at night thinking that maybe they'd have an easy trip to Orlando. The, the players that stayed back and, and the coaches that went on the team buses to Orlando and some other athletes too, it took them 10 hours for what normally would be a four-hour trip from Coral Gables to Orlando. And, uh, you know, think about the people that were driving um, to Atlanta and up in Georgia and things like that. It, it, it was taking just ridiculous. I mean, our, Jim Martz, our, our editor, uh, left for – he lives in Brary. He left and, and went to go to North Carolina. He drove for 19 hours straight to to go stay with some friends in North Carolina. I mean, the, the things that people – had to go through to evacuate, but the good thing is that they did a good job of getting people to, to do that. And it, 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 as crazy as it seems, because so many of these storms they tease and then they go elsewhere, it's it's really really important that they get people to do that. And and the thing I really like is now there's another storm that was headed in this direction, and all their forecasts led them to believe it was going to turn north, be, you know, right before it got to the Bahamas. And there have been not, there, there's been very little conversation about Maria in South Florida. So I like that they are not being alarmists, that they're not like, you know, overly panicking people when there's no danger. But that that Irma storm had a real danger for several days. And I can't compliment the, the, the people down here enough for the job they did getting people to evacuate. And I think that's why you, you see so many people came through the storm pretty well. Yeah, exactly, Gary. I mean, just to touch on a few things, man. I mean, there was a lot of people, you know, talking about, oh, well, we should, we still should have played and everything like that. And I mean, I guess a lot of people that don't live down there didn't take in the whole aspect of actually going through a hurricane. So, I mean, I just like to applaud the coaching staff on that as far as that goes. But now the comments of that Rick Neuheisel did. Now, that's something that really uh, kind of pissed me off because, I mean, that's I don't know if, he, if he's bitter or what, but, I mean, I'm just like, whoa. I mean, I don't even think he – does he even stay down in South Florida? No, I think it was, it, it, it was ignorance. And, and if you don't live down here and deal with this stuff every year, I, I, I don't think – people can relate to it i mean it's it's unlike anything unless you live in the in like kansas or something and deal with tornadoes i mean it's like unlike anything anybody in most parts of this country has ever see, ever sees or ever will see i mean i mean like we didn't even get the storm in my neighborhood i'm watching look i'm looking out my windows i mean trees are bent like it, it it was insane i mean and, and these people who live around the country they just don't get to see that they i don't think they can relate to it as as well and uh that, that was just pure ignorance uh, you know, obviously Miami could have played the game if if that was their inclination. They could have packed everybody up and gone off to Memphis and 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 played that game in in Arkansas if that's what they were inclined to do. I mean, FIU and FAU did it. There were, you know, nobody cared. No 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 issues. I mean, it could have been done. But you know, when you're living in South Florida like that and it's your home that could get destroyed. 
and it's your wife that's got to sit there for while you're working or, or preparing for games and, and has to sit there and take all that responsibility on her own and things like that, you know, it puts it in a whole different perspective. And, and, and I, I was totally supportive of the decision. Uh, I didn't see any problem with it. I, I acknowledged that they could have gone either way they wanted with it, but I had, I didn't see where the problem was. And I think that, you know, the guys like Neuheisel that were suggesting that Miami was ducking Arkansas State uh, are just a little bit ignorant. Indeed, indeed. I definitely didn't like those those bogus comments. But uh, was was there a lot of damage on the campus, Gary? Do you know anything about that? Um, I guess there's enough that they're keeping it closed for a while. I mean, I've been kind of surprised how long they kept it closed. Uh, I guess they want to make sure everything's A-OK. But I didn't go walk around campus and assess the damage. But it, it just seems like they closed the campus for an awful long time. Okay. Now, now, what exactly did you did you were your thoughts from uh, speaking with the, the coaches and and the players today? You feel like you know they they got their mind you know on the game and you know they're ready to go and bust some heads this weekend or what? Oh, of course. Yeah, I mean, those kids they train. Think about what the, the off season for those guys, and they they start right after the bowl game in January, and they train in you know January, February, then March, April they have spring practice, and then they train you know May, June, July uh, intensively to get ready for these games, and and then you know they go through training camp and all that, and they're geared up for the start of the season, and then they got to take 21 days off. I mean, yeah, those kids are going to be dying to get out there Saturday. Okay, I'll just I just want to go ahead and, and just see exactly where your mind is and where the, where everybody else's mind is, because man, I I feel like you know this is just the beginning of the season, and you know I've been just watching everybody play, and you know I'm down here in the two five six, home of the Crimson Horse, you know the the <laughs> the uh, all the road Tiders, and you know I've just been hearing them all this and that, man, I'm ready for us to get back out there. Go ahead and bust some heads on up and, you know, just, just get everything right and in order so I can go ahead and, and, and shut a few of these guys' mouths around here. But, well, uh, hopefully, touch you, on the whole... hopefully you get your chance go in ahead. 2021. You know that Miami's playing Alabama in 2021, right? Yeah, I understand that, Gary, but we need to see – I think we can see them before then, Gary. I think I think we got the, the staff and the players. Now, we're going we, we're gonna to be able to get a whole lot more better – before 2021, but if we see them before then, I think we'll get at them, Gary. You know, yeah, we'll see. I mean, some I, of their you games know, this year, I mean, they ain't looking like they, you know, like that. You know, I like mean, this thing's going to be a little bit of a process. SEC so much, man. This thing's going to be a little bit of a process. It's going to be a little bit of a process. I think you know you have to acknowledge that. Uh, I, I I think you know Alabama's still at a very very high level. Um, I think Clemson right now, they're, they're the freaks of college football, what they've done there. Uh, I mean, that guy and the way that he's built that program and the way they just keep reloading year after year with the athletes that they have on that team uh, on both sides of the football. And, uh, you know, they're not going anywhere. That, that Clemson program is not going anywhere. Uh, I, I said this in a column the other day. I, I think that, you know, we're so focused on Florida State down here just because of the rivalry and the fact that Miami's lost seven straight the Florida state, but probably even more so than Florida state that right now, if you're talking about the target for Miami and where they have to try to get to, 
I think it's Clemson. And, and, and uh, you know, I don't think Florida State's going anywhere either. But I think right now Clemson's got the best run program in the ACC. They're doing a great job. They just built a phenomenal practice facility and headquarters for their football program that's going to help them recruit. Uh, they've got the support up there. They've got a Miami alum, Dan Radakovich, as their athletic director, who I think is one of the more forward-thinking, dynamic athletic directors in college football. Um, I always thought he'd end up at Miami, uh, but they, I guess they just could never, they, you know, it just never worked out. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, they got it all going there at Clemson right now. And so, you know, Miami's got so good, still has some work to do. I mean, this is year two of the Mark Rick rebuild. I, when he took the job, I never in my mind ever considered it less than a, a four year rebuild to, to really get this program going right. You know, so we're in year two right now. We'll see what happens. I mean, I think they can have a very good year right this year, but I think there's obviously holes that are going to have to be overcome. Oh, for sure. I definitely agree with all that, you know, everything that you said. But, I mean, I feel like, you know, now, granted, we only played Bethune-Cookman, but, I mean, everybody feels feels it, Gary. You know, everybody can see that we coming. And all we got to do is just keep on pushing Everybody keep the faith, keep on grinding, and and we coming. That's I mean we we coming, Gary. And if, it, if don't nobody yeah. have that type of faith, now hey we gonna keep on doing that. I ain't even worried about that because the more we win, the more the recruits will want to come. So we just gotta keep on pushing, keep on grinding. Everybody keep the faith, especially in the coaches. Now even though we've been off for two weeks and we we about to go up against a pretty explosive Toledo team. Now everybody, oh they Mac whatever. Now, Toledo ain't no exactly no pushover. I ain't saying we're going to struggle with them or nothing, but you can't just go in there and act like they're some type of slouchy opponent. Now, they may put up a fight, but I think we're going to pull it out, and we may blow them out. We may not. But, again, all we got to do is keep the faith, keep on grinding, and keep on pushing, and we coming at these people's heads. I'm telling you. No, there's no doubt about it. They better get ready. They better get ready. The variable is going to be how long it takes. And, you know, you got to put recruiting classes back-to-back together. They, they had a decent one this year. Uh, it looks like they're going to have an even better one next year. And then the key will be the 2018 and 2019 classes. Because if they can back those up with what they're doing right now, then at that point the program is going to be set up for success. Indeed. Now, just to touch on recruiting real quick. Now, I've seen uh... – I guess Josh Joe's been still communicating with Alabama quite a bit, and there's uh, people coming at this kid talking about, oh, well, we don't want you anyways and all that. Man, come on, man. Y'all got to stop that. How old are these people? This is, what, 30-year-olds and all that, and they on this 17-year-old kid's Twitter talking all this trash to them. Man, y'all need to find something else to do. Why don't y'all try to get overtime at your job or something? Leave these kids alone, let them enjoy the recruiting process, and stop sweating them so hard. If he want to be a Miami Hurricane, he'll be a Miami Hurricane. If he don't, then he don't. Me personally, yeah, I, think, I think he's coming to Miami. He's just enjoying the process. Let him yeah, enjoy I, it. They're going to get their five in, in some way, shape, or form. I mean, they're, they're, they're going to get their five at least. And they'll take as many as probably seven if they want to come. But, um, you know, they're not going to turn down – 
I don't I don't see them turning down obviously a kid like Sertain if he if he wanted to come. Um, I, obviously they're not going to turn down Tyson Campbell if he wants to come. He's a priority. Um, so we'll see what happens. You know they, they'll, they'll get their five. Well, right on, Gary, man. Hey, I, I was tweeting you uh, a while ago before the season even started. I was trying to see when the first show was, and I ended up missing the Bethune-Cookman show. So I had to call in this week, man. All right. And uh, that show's archived on the site, so you can you can go back and, 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 and listen to it if you want. But uh, thanks for being part of the show, and give us a call next week. All right. Keep me on hold. Hurricane for life, man. You got it, man. Thank you. Five six three nine 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 three six three three is the number. Five six three nine 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 three six three three. We got plenty of room on the board for those of you that would like to come be part of the show. I'm calling out again, guys that have not been on the show in the past. Let's get some new first-time callers into Kane Sport Live. And like I said, this is a great week to kind of you know fight through your nerves of talking on you know to the Canes Nation and. Stating your opinions, a good time to break the ice there and, and, and become a vet. Let's go out now to the 239. You are live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, what's going on? Doing good. Who's this? This is Joe in Fort Myers. Hey, what's up, Joe? How you doing over there? Did you guys come through okay? Uh, it's been rough, man. Just got power a couple of days ago, you know, living off generators, feeding it gas every couple of hours. Water just got turned on yesterday, cable internet yesterday, so I'm actually living pretty pretty large right now. Hmm. So what you got for us tonight? Well, I got a couple things, you know. The other caller talked about Arizona State, and like him, I got pissed off at, at a couple of statements, mainly from the AD. I thought that you was Arkansas, uh, Arkansas State. I'm sorry, Arkansas State, sorry, not Arizona State, Arkansas State. Um, yes, the uh, athletic director made some comments, and it it actually looked like uh, it stirred up Mark Rick a little bit in one of the interviews. You know, let's give him a pass, and here's why. Think about what that event meant to the Arkansas State athletic program, to their fans, Dollar their team. Their team it, well, it wasn't just money. I mean, I assume they have event insurance and stuff like that that they can or they can recruit some of the money or whatever. But it, beyond just money, I mean, that was probably the biggest football game that's ever been played was going to be played at that school. I mean, Miami is the first Bowl. ACC team that would ever go there. People just don't schedule those kind of games that are elite names in college football and. They were able to get a home-and-home with Miami that they looked forward to for a few years. It was a really big deal, and it, it, was, it was the game that was the, 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 the feature game on their schedule. Uh, the, the coach, it was an opportunity for him. He's a, he's a guy trying to rise through the ranks in college football. It was an opportunity for him to make a statement by, you know, he just challenged Nebraska the week before and was going to get a chance to challenge Miami. And it was going to be a huge event in Jonesboro. And, you know, no disrespect, but you don't get a lot of events like that in Jonesboro, Arkansas. I mean, if you live there and you're part of that school and that program, I mean, this was going to be a really big deal. And, um, you know, it just it just went away, poof, like with with, you know, out of nowhere. So. I think they had to fight through some of that. I, I, I think the AD was very disappointed. Um, I think if you're sitting in Arkansas looking at the Miami situation, you're thinking they could have made the trip. 
uh, just like FAU made the trip to Wisconsin, just like FIU moved their game. Um, right. I, I think it was a mobile or something, but um, I mean, they, you know, I, I, I'm sure they felt that Miami could have made the trip and they were disappointed at the decision. So, you know, I'll give the, I'll give that guy a pass, but Rick Neuheisel, come on, that's ridiculous. I, I totally agree. And you know what? After you mentioned all that about the AD and so forth, you got me soft. So I can't, I'll give him. I'll slide on him slide I mean, this once, but I definitely you know what? Agree. It's like to me uh, you, one of I the key. Uh, like, like to me, it's like, and I find this like in in every element of life. Like, you got to be able to take a step back sometimes and put yourself right. in the other person's shoes. You know, it's like. Well yeah, I, that's that's the way I feel about it. I don't know if I'm right or wrong, but you know. I agree. I agree. That's why I stepped back. So anyway, um, you know, going off the layoff and so forth, and Jones and man without television, haven't seen football for two weekends, sweating. You thought you sweat for a couple of hours, nineteen hours. I was sweating for days, hurting. Um, but all is good now. Now you know. <sighs> There's a couple of things that I want to talk about, and, and, and I drank the Kool-Aid, too. I was high on our defense, and a lot of things were written about our defense, you know, front seven, front four, you know, dominating and so forth, you know. But uh, against Bethune-Cookman, our linebackers played well, but, uh, you know, the pressure on the quarterbacks, tackle for loss, uh, you know, Bethune-Cookman, uh, Toledo, I think, is a step up. And uh, we didn't look too well with those little dunk passes, which is, you know, long extension handoffs, what they are. But uh, I, I was a little disappointed. And D. Delaney, you know, uh, one of the things that, that uh, you didn't mention when you were talking about the safeties was the leadership. You know, we had some, we had some uh, upperclassmen. You know, we had, you know, all the uh, majority of seniors, all of them. Um, they all bailed on us, you know, graduated and play, now playing on the NFL. So the leadership aspect, in the secondary, something that really concerns me, a little disappointed in, um, in uh, Delaney. And, uh, you know, that, that's kind of scary. So the defense is kind of suspect now. And uh, as far as the vanilla offense, one of your other callers mentions about the vanilla offense, I still haven't seen that explosiveness that I was kind of hoping for uh, from the Mark Rick play calling. And I just wanted to get your thoughts on that as well. Oh, I, I mean, he went down the field quite a bit. I, I don't, I don't think that that was an issue at all. I, I, you know, they they hit some passes down the field against Bethune, as they as you knew they could, when probably pretty much whenever they wanted to. Uh, missed a yeah. couple too. There were a couple that Rozier threw out of bounds, but um, I don't, I didn't see that as a concern at all. Yeah, of course the game plan was vanilla. Uh, I think that Bethune Cookman ate up a bunch of uh, a bunch of clock at times in that game. Uh, it's been so so long. Let me pull out the. Uh, the stat sheet here and, and refresh my memory on what the numbers were. Yeah, I, I mean, the, Bethune held the ball 34-29 to Miami's 25-31. So because Bethune was moving the ball, they were eating up a lot of clock, which limited the number of plays that Miami ran in the game. Let me, uh, I'll give you that number as well. Um, total offensive plays. You know, Miami ran 65. I think they'd like to be up near 80 at least in games if they could. So, you know, there were a lot of things that contributed to maybe the, the, the lack of like a lot of explosive plays and, and, and you know, one of those big 60 point uh, thumpings. But um, that's why I, I was saying earlier, I, I really like this game this week because uh, it's another opportunity to really 
do things on offense. And Toledo's got the capability to test the defense. And I think the defense needs to be tested. I think the coaches need to see, especially with the DBs, what they have there and how those guys show up on game day. Hopefully they have a chip on their shoulder after the way they played against Bethune. And this is a chance for them to come out on Saturday and show everybody something. Right, right. Um, okay, a couple of recruiting uh, recruiting things. Um, have you heard anything about that uh, five-star Auburn, who uh, Auburn guy who just uh, recently announced that uh, he was transferring from Auburn? No, but he was a bust. Was? He, he, yeah, but a coward. He he was a bust at Auburn. Oh. I don't know if they're going to take him at this point. I mean, he's an older kid. I mean, you, maybe you get you Is get. You know, I think he'd, I think he'd have to sit out a year. Because uh, he, he's, oh, he's not a senior, grad transfer. I don't think I don't think he's a grad transfer. Um, so he'd have to sit out a year, I think. And uh, so I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't remember if he's on his fourth year, or third or fourth year. But uh, I'd have to go back and research that. But uh, I don't know. I'd be surprised if they show interest in him. Gotcha. I'd rather see them and recruit we a younger, a younger version of that. You know, I'd rather see them recruit a kid coming out. Or a JUCO kid, or you know, that they can get a couple years out of, and I don't know. Do you see any JUCO kids out there that fit that description? Um, not totally yet, but there there will be. Um, you know, I know that the the coaches are putting a a, a lot of time into recruiting defensive linemen. Uh, I, I think that we're going to see, you know, more and more kids uh, emerge at that position as recruiting targets. But specifically, who right now? I I can't uh, I can't really answer that question. There's a couple kids that I believe are JUCOs that were committed to Louisville. Uh, one's name is Boykin, and, and one's name I think is Goldwire. Uh, keep an eye on the, keep an eye on those guys. I think they're both JUCOs, from what I remember. And uh, you know, just keep an eye on those. I don't know that they're imminent or anything at this point, but. The coaches got a they're, they're they got a lot of feelers out and they're looking at a, a lot of places for linemen. You know they're they're in pretty good shape in the recruiting class with skill positions. The linemen, linemen, linemen are going to be the the focus here as you move forward through October and November, and then after that early signing day into January. Okay. I mean that's the that's well, the void had- in the pro- that that's the void in the program right now. I, I, you know, I was just about to say we haven't had much luck with that. No offensive linemen, and if if these older guys leave, I mean you're in great shape at defensive end, but you know, and I know DJ Johnson's going to probably end up as a tackle, but I I think you got to get a couple, two or three really good defensive tackles in this class. Right. You know that's definitely. the that's the way that's the way I feel about it. I I, I think ideally they'd like to take four defensive linemen. Uh, right now they've got two committed. You've got uh, Nesta Silvera and Greg Rousseau. Um, I, I think they'd like to get Very two good. more. Two more really good tackles, I think, would be the, the, the perfect, the perfect uh, answer to go with Silvera. Right, right. Now, uh, finishing with recruiting and, you know, Job, uh, you know, all that nonsense with Alabama and so forth. He reminds me, same time last year, with um, some guy locally that I'm familiar with, is Tyler Bird out of Naples. And, yep. um you know, it was kind of like it was. It was literally flip a coin, which was which way this kid was going to go. And and Scott, I think Larry Scott had you know a little whisper in his ear and a good relationship with him. And then I'm landing him in Tennessee. Now I hear he wants to transfer. 
Um, <laughs> but that's a whole other story. Yeah, that, that program's just, looking pretty bleak. Oh, my gosh. That's, that's, well, Butch, that's Butch Jones, is, he's a total fraud. I mean, I, I, he's always been. like How that guy got the Tennessee job is, is beyond me. I mean, some of these athletic directors, I don't know. Like, these guys make serious serious money, <laughs> and, like, they make some of the most The guy, the guy looks like a, a used car salesman. Oh, he is horrendous. Absolutely horrendous as a head coach. And, and uh, yeah, they're going absolutely nowhere. He's going to get fired probably at the end of the year. And that whole thing's going to go up in smoke. And, you know, but Tyler Bird, I know I personally never really felt he was coming to Miami. I don't think you could say the same for Josh Job. I think Josh Job is a little bit closer to the Miami program and that there's a greater chance that he will come to Miami. Okay. Okay, and then lastly is, you know, but the positive thing is that we're competing against Alabama for these kids versus just Florida State and Florida, you know, like within the past couple of years. But I think you nailed it right on top of the head. I think the the model program is Clemson now. And, you know, you you, you dropped some knowledge. I didn't know their AD was was a a UM alumni. Yeah, I went to – I actually went – I actually went to Miami with him. We were we were in the school at the same time, and actually know him pretty well. And he's a great guy, very impressive guy, and and a really good athletic director. Oh, okay. Well, there you go, dropping knowledge, rubbing elbows. Um, but Clemson, and they're doing it. They're doing it well. They they got depth. They got the bench. They got they just got the depth. Um, they they have the atmosphere. Uh, you know, Dabo. It's just. That's definitely that I think that's what to model for. And I think we're a couple of, you know, like I agree with you for, I would say a little more, I would say five to six years, really. I don't know what Dabo, how long Dabo has been there, but you know, four to six years, because these are all our golden players. You know, we only had really one and a half recruiting classes because we came in, you know, so, so late uh, the Mark Richt uh, coaching staff came in so late. So we definitely, you know, we're getting better and, and yes, we're contenders and, and we're in a lot of people's thoughts and minds and it's all great and dandy, but we definitely do need that, you know, that depth and that, uh, you know, so we can be, we can be like a, like the, you know, the eighties and, and what Clemson I, I believe is now, because I think Clemson is going to be overtaking Alabama uh, little by little. Yeah. Like, you know, we make a big deal about Norton and McIntosh down here and, and a lot of that, well, obviously both are very good players and, we, Miami just hasn't had dominant defensive tackles l- lately, but I don't know how much you've watched those couple Clemson games this year. Those dudes they got at, the, at defensive tackle. I mean, those, those guys, can, those guys are flat. They're NFL players right now, and yeah. uh, that's why I question. And I'm as the season goes on, I'll do a, a little more research into this and just see where things are shaping up. But uh, I'm not so sure that these guys are leaving early. I'm really not. Um, I, I think Mark right. Walton. Well, yeah, I'm not so sure. I don't know. I don't know that they're. I don't know that they're that far along. Like I don't. I like I don't see them anywhere near as far along as those guys at Clemson. So oh, no. you know, I don't know if if it's going to make sense for them to leave after this year and go be say third round draft picks or something. Like, what's the point of that? You know, right. you, you keep keep working for another year. You got the arguably the best defensive line coach in college football coaching you. And it's right. a big difference if you can stick it out another year and maybe get drafted in the second round or the first round or, you know, keep progressing as players. So I don't know. I'm not as convinced. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. There's obviously a whole season ahead of us here. So gotcha. we'll be, ta- right, we'll be talking about that now. a lot later. 
Um, All right, well, thank you. Yep, thanks. No, no, one, one, thing, one, one last thing, one last thing real quick. One, one last thing Go real ahead. quick. Um, you know, in the beginning of the season, I was worried about Pittsburgh as a sleeper game. But I'll tell you what, this Duke team, the Blue Devils, they're, yep. uh, they're looking pretty sharp. So that, that's one of, you know, that, that's concerning for me. So, you know, I, I just don't wish we don't blow out Toledo and Toledo throws all these interceptions and we got a big head heading up there because that, that's a scary game for me. It's, it is a scary game because of what a good coach Cutcliffe is. Obviously, they're a better team than anybody thought they would be. You have to go on the road and play them. And Miami's just not hasn't really had a chance to build a lot of mo here. You know, it, 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 it's going to be a, yeah, it's going to be a tricky game. No question about it. That uh, you know, I totally agree with you. All right, big dog. All right, give us a call next week. We'll talk about Toledo. Thanks, right, thanks for being part of the show. All right, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. Um, let's go out now to the 973. You are live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, Gary, perfect, perfect, because I um, want to talk about Duke a little bit. Um, it's Ross, Jersey. Hey, what's up, Ross? How you doing this evening? What's going on, man? It's funny that everybody's bringing up Duke. Because remember, I, um, two weeks ago I brought up that it's going to be a Friday game, and it's going to be probably a blackout game. Every when we come to anybody's house, it's their blackout game or all white or whatever it is to get excited. That's what Arkansas State was looking. They was looking to get all excited and think they was going to trip us up. So that's what that was all about, you know. So um, about New Heisman making the comment, me personally, Gary, I, I know people not going to like what I'm going to say. I think he had a couple of coins on the game. The way he reacted, I think he had a couple of pennies on the game, and he wanted to see that no, game he, play. No, if he had anything, he had he had Miami winning over nine games. <laughs> you can't you yeah. don't get a refund. You don't get a refund on those bets. <laughs> yeah, so he I, I think he had a couple of coins in the game, Gary. So I think he made a ridiculous comment, and he, he doesn't get away with it. And um, uh, I'm sure a lot of people attacked him on Twitter, and it was well deserved. So anyway, um. Let's get into the um to the game a little bit and the team. Um, everybody's talking about uh Joe. Uh, let me ask you this, um, Gary. Um, I look at him more of a safety and and not a cornerback. Totally and agree. Pitch, and I think the sales pitch from Alabama is going to be, we're going to put you a safety. You're going to come in and you're going to replace Fitzpatrick. And um, that's pretty dangerous for us. And I think we should go ahead and hurry up and try to replace him before we get caught. Also, I think, you know, again, I'm going to make another comment that's not going to be popular with a lot of people, but it's true, easier to get him in academically in Alabama than Miami. A lot of people are not putting that factor in here. Nah, I'm not, but, um, I, I so, think that's that's oversold, Ross. I mean, they look, they, okay. there's other kids with academic issues. They get into school. Okay. Well, I, mean, yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I, I don't, I think that's overplayed. Miami, okay. Miami yeah. needs to get kids in, they get kids in. I'm glad that we're bending it a little bit. Notre Dame do it. Everybody it's not else even bending. It it's just, you, you know, they, they do, you know, there's always going to be one or two kids a year that you need to work with a little bit, you know? Okay, well, this is, it goes into another point I'm going to make. Um, everybody's having a problem and thinking that um, Mullen might not make it, and it might be because of academics or just a focus of just not being be able to do it. Um, I know, you know, a lot of local people listen, so I don't want to offend anyone. But um, what about just go ahead and concentrate and I'm putting, giving that position to DJ Dallas 
and just roll with that. Last week we talked about him being in limbo and not having a position. Just go ahead and, and roll him in into that guy's position. And well, he, he is there. He is, but DJ oh, is okay. there. That's what I'm saying. Just go ahead, yeah. and, go ahead and just work it real just hard Harley, and try to make him be the guy. Harley and Thomas be, beat him out. <laughs> so they're, they're yeah. getting more playing time, but he, yeah, he's we, there. Yeah, we just got to focus on that. And, and uh, listen, until he gets his act together or whatever is going on, we're, we're pray for him. We're, we want him to be a cane, but go ahead and put DJ Dallas, a guy that wants to be here. Um, we can't afford to have him not have a position. And you say last week, a couple of weeks ago, you were a little confused about what he, you know, we can't afford to not be able to say we have a position for him. You can't be confused about DJ Dallas. He's one of our prize recruit, and we got to treat him that way, and he got to get on the field. So um, real sorry yeah, to hear about what's going on. But it doesn't have to happen as a, in, a, in the freshman year. Like, I, I think okay. that we've gotten a little bit, like, insane down here because of how things have been. Like, a kid doesn't have to walk into a college football program, I don't care who he is, and play as a freshman. If your program is where it should be, he can't play as a freshman because there's good okay. upperclassmen ahead of him. So, no, you, know, right, right, you know, right now you just got other guys. You know, DJ Dallas had to come in, and he had to be better than Mike Harley and Jeff Thomas. That's what he had to do. And based on what we're seeing so far – the coach has made the determination that he's not better than those two guys because those guys are getting the first opportunity. No, I wasn't saying for him to play over those guys. I'm saying he'd go ahead and just eat up whatever minutes Mullins was going to get. That's what well, I'm Mullins, saying. Mullins didn't get anything. Mullins is, is way down the depth chart. And whatever that is, let him go ahead and eat, eat off of that. Um, I mean, when Amon Richards uh, gets back in here in the next week or two, I mean, Mullins, he, I mean, he's totally invisible. Okay. I mean, listen, again, get it together. We gave you a great opportunity. We brought you in. You had last year to get in shape, this year to get the grades together, and everything else to hope, you know, um, just get it together. Uh, we, Like I said, we love you as a king, and we're just going gonna, gonna to root for him. But in the meantime, we got games to win and, and some, some things to look forward to. Hey, um, let me bring a couple more points up. Um, I think the fact that we, we've, been, we've been off for so long, I think Everybody can look at. I think we're going to play heavily, no matter who. We're going. To, the offense is going to play heavily into the third quarter. You agree? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. They they've been yeah, they, haven't played, some, they haven't played in three weeks. They're, they're, yeah. Saying, regardless of what's going on, if we up if we're up thirty or forty, I think that. I, I don't think, think it matters. I, yeah, you got a tough game. You know, six days later. I mean. This is go time now. This is not you're not playing anymore right now. You gotta you gotta go and get this team ready to play some football and you gotta get the conditioning up and I, I expect the starters to go deep into this game. Yeah, I agree. Um just another quick thing. Um hopefully everybody come out and support. Um it, it might not be a lot of people playing their games still, high school football, so maybe we could bring a lot of those kids in. I mean, a lot of the sports at Miami might not even be playing. They might not be back in function. Bring those guys out. Bring out the tennis team, the basketball team, everybody get in the building and chair for us. Faculty and all, you know, just just fill, just fill it up and um, it could be a festive day. I think, like I said earlier, I think people are going to show up. I really do. I, I mean, if you're a South Florida football fan, there's been no football. <laughs> yeah. Hey, is pick, hey, 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 Gary, is Pickney back? Is he is he back in I, form? Yeah, yeah, he's, I think he'll be he'll be fine. Yep. 
Okay. But you know, think about um, this. We're well, we're like coming up on October. We we haven't had any football. <laughs> I mean, people got to be joking. I know. I know. I'm just hoping that they, whoever wants to come, let them come and get them in, get them in there, busload them in. If we don't do that, we may, we may, we may not have a big crowd. So, whoever wants to come, let them, let them in, let them at a, a lower price and let, let them come have some fun and be, be a festive day. You know, I really yep. think, honestly, I think, I think a 3:30 start for us at home moving forward should always be the starting time because I think 12 o'clock is a little early for some. Yeah, that's dictated I usually think, by TV, though. You know, I TV know, but I'm just 3.30, like I think, should be an ideal spot. For yeah, it's, it's a good time, you know, no doubt. It's a good – yeah. Um, it lets, it lets people get, get, a, get, get a nice tailgate in. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Hey, Gary, look, look at this for a minute. Um, last week we talked about um, Willis coming back from California or wherever he was and, and practicing with us and going to class. That could backfire in us a little bit. You know, once he's done this year, he could decide to transfer to a, new, a different school because he might Why would he should be that? graduated he, by then. He's going to play next year. I mean, I don't think he'll transfer. I'm just saying, but what, what, wouldn't he be graduated by then? Remember, he sat out when he transferred to us. Uh, highly unlikely, I, I, I think. I, I, you know, I don't, I don't know that he's going to be graduated. And, you know, he is part of the team. If they're going to let him go to class this year, he's going to be caught up. He might be on track to graduate. Nah, and and I would, I would, it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. I, I'd be I'll real surprised. If, I, I mean, if he, if he were going to leave Ross, I think he would have left right now. Like, I don't – he's already left Florida to come to Miami. Why is he going to leave Miami to go somewhere else? That's for – you know, I don't, I don't see – yeah, I don't see it unless he absolutely doesn't have a choice because he, you know, doesn't have his act together. I, I'm expecting him to, to stick it out and be part of the team next I year. I hope so, too, because I made the point with you two weeks ago that one of those defensive linemen has to stay. They, we both can't go if we want to have, you know, some looking good against LSU. It's looking ahead. but Maybe I'm crazy, and it'll be, we'll see as the year plays out. I'm not convinced, I, unless either one of them wants to make a bad decision, I'm not convinced either one of those guys is going to be a first-round draft pick at the end of this year. And, and I don't, you know, I'm I don't, not saying it's going to. I don't see either one of I'm them at saying, that level right now. I don't. I just don't. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're good players. Yeah, I don't think they're going to slip down in the fifth or sixth round. But they, everybody, should take a page out of look what happened to Kaya. Look what happened to Kaya. Yeah, it looks like I mean, him, terrible decisions now. He could have been. It looks terrible piloting a potential national championship team, which would have, or, you know, contending team, you know, I think Miami would have been a candidate with, with Kaya's back for certainly a 10-win season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple more things. Um, running the ball in this game should be priority. Their defensive line is small, and I think we're just going to pound it and pound it and pound it and catch them off guard in the pass. We should pound them. I don't care if they put it, nine it, in the box. It's a good game to get Travis Homer, Chalk Gray, and, and maybe even maybe by some miracle, maybe you'll even see Robert Burns out there. But it's a good game to get those guys a lot of reps. I don't think you be, you want to beat Mark Walton to death in this game. I, I mean, I, I would give Mark Walton 10, 12 carries and be done with that. I mean, that's a guy, you know, that, there's no reason to overwork him in this game. But this is a good game to get the other guys some work, I think. Yes, just pound him, get everybody involved, and – um. You know, hey, it's a good thing, too. Ford is going to be able to play a lot because we played him in the first game. So Ford should be able to get a lot of playing time in this game. Um, 
That's why I'm thinking that Willis might not stick around. Ford is going to have to play next year. He's going to play a lot well, this year. You, 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 let's year. see how he does. Like, he hasn't done anything yet. They're I real mean, big on him, though, Gary. They, they talk. Yeah, no, They're, I usually, understand. You, usually you don't see, I'm saying, but usually you don't find coaches that come out and willingly talk about a, 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 a player in that in, in, in that way. And yeah, no, he's a big – he, he's a big, big – He's a big, impressive physical kid, and he might be the greatest lineman to ever play at Miami. But, I mean, I don't think anything has to happen at this point. I mean, nothing's happened yet. Yeah, no, I'm just saying. And just like I'm saying, everyone's assuming that Norton and McIntosh are leaving. I'm not in that camp. I'll say. You know, right now I don't know that those guys would get drafted in the first two rounds. I hope they stay, Gary. We, We got Bethel. We got a bunch of guys. I hope they stay. You know, in order to win championships, as Clemson is showing you, if you're dominant on either part of the line, you have a chance. And so if they stay, we're talking about being really dominant. So I, I, I'm rooting for them to stay. I think, that's, it's a huge, that's the I think it's a huge, huge key for this program that, that, that they do stay. Uh, and, like, this program's got to start getting guys that are senior year. You can't keep having people leave early. And, and disrupting the the attrition of the roster and, and creating unnecessary extra burdens for yourselves in, exactly. in terms of putting a team exactly. together. It, I think it's important. I mean, if you look at the team this year, if Kaya, uh, you know, doesn't doesn't leave early, if if if, if Jenkins doesn't transfer, you know, you you look at all the the, the running backs year B and Edwards that left early. I mean, that's a lot of depth, and a lot in, of tied in experience. Have to transfer it out. Yeah, guys I, like this, this death guy, death. Yeah, I mean know, the, so. Njoku was the one that should have left, and he and and he made the right decision. And he, all those other exactly. guys, like come on. Now you know Gus Edwards is getting to play a lot at Rutgers. He's you know he's their workhorse, and I, I mm-hmm. guess that turned out to be a good opportunity for him. You know he would have been probably number two here, but yeah, you know I don't yeah, know. I get it. They talk about him getting into the league in some in around four or five. They say the way he. He's being impressive. They might not be winning, but he he might have a chance to make it to the league and just getting yeah. showing what he could do. So he like he that was the good. idea. But you know, yeah. I mean, Joe Yerby should be on this team. Like, what's he doing? Come on. Yeah, but you know what? He had he had a kid, Gary, and the word is that he wanted to go try to see can he support the, his family. So. Yeah, I understand, you know, um, but it, but but you understand that if he stays in Miami, Miami's supporting him while he's there. I mean, you know, he's getting enough. He's getting enough know, to get, you know. Better, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's not yeah. like he's left homeless or anything, you know. I mean, no, he, not he's at been, all. He, he's, um, he would have been being, he would have been taken care of. So. Yeah. Um. Oh, you know, I, I just want to say this. I mean, I'm because I'm, uh, I'm a diehard. The, the Anderson um, interceptions that he run back against Michigan and um the, the other day at Tennessee, those were gimmies, man. Those are gimmies. I want to start seeing him do it. if he if he's going to be. Freshman All-American, I want to see him really play the ball and accept the ball. Those are his two gimmies. Me and you probably could have ran that in, okay, because they threw the ball right to him and he ran it right down, straight line, B-line into the end zone. Might not be a popular comment, but I don't – hey, you're not a cane, I don't have to I don't have to cheer for you. I'm a, and I'm going to talk like that, you know. Um, one last one, a little bit off, off kill, but somebody was saying that Arthur, um, our quarterback, might not come. Well, Gary, if he don't come, is there any way we could go get that that quarterback from Bishop Gorman, because he's the one that's supposed to be going to UCLA. UCLA might not have their coach around. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know where they are with that it. with that kid. I'm sure there's somewhat of a relationship there because when they started out, 
I know they were talking to him when they started out with Jordan, but I I don't know where that would hey, be. Hey, Gary, right now. I, I think, I think they're counting on Sakowski being here. There's, there's been I know. No I'm just saying. For some reason, he goes north or turn around and change his mind or whatever. That yeah. kid is good. And for him to come behind Perry, have him in the fold, that would be great, man. You know? Yeah, but there, there's That's been no sign that there's, any, that there's any potential issues there. All yeah, right, Ross, it, as always, it's a pleasure, man. Thanks for calling, and we'll uh, talk to you next All right, week. Keep me, keep me on hold. You got it. Take care. All right, guys, the number 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. This would be a good time to do so as um, there's just one caller ahead of you now. We've worked through the others so and i'm getting ready to go to that one right now so we'll have an open board after this caller so if you want to come on the show tonight now would be a great time to hit that number one on your keypad and call or for every first call 563-999-3633 then hit the number one on your keypad and uh, we'll get you on but right now let's go out to the 404 you're live on Kane sport live how you doing tonight good night gary this is your boy uki 08 hey uki how are oh, you, buddy? Man, I heard you calling me out tonight, man. Oh, good. You're identifying yourself. I was hoping you would do so so that we could talk a little bit about your post that I referred to earlier in the show. And cool. for those that weren't with us at the at the beginning part of the show, uh, let me just reset it. And um, our caller is Uki08, uh, an active poster on the Kane Sport message boards. And he submitted this question and topic for tonight's show. And he asks, when is the Kane's Nation – going to finally have a well-coached looking team from start to finish in a game we've been waiting for a damn long time now and um, I pointed out that the Hurricanes have won six straight games Uh, they blew out Pittsburgh at the end of last year they beat Virginia by 20 on the road they beat Mm -hmm. NC State on the road wait let me finish Uki so let me just set the I'm going to set the table for you and then I'll let you talk they beat NC State on the road by 14 they beat Duke by 19 at home and then they went to the bowl game and just annihilated a pretty good West Virginia team, 31-14 to in the bowl game. And now with the win over Bethune-Cookman, they've won six straight games, a good stretch in November, December last year. Uh, I guess you could say a decent start to the year this year. But, you know, I, I, I think we got to give you the chance to be heard and explain, you know, why that's not good enough for you and, and why you feel you're still waiting for this team to look well-coached and be able to go from start to finish in a, in a ball game after putting that very impressive run together at the end of last year. Okay, Gary, I'm glad you named all those teams that we went on a little winning streak about. The only people that are really impressed with that are obviously people who wear orange and green glasses. You think that, let me put it like this, for the last eight years, well, let's put like golden golden era years, the teams that we have beat on a regular have been UVA, Georgia Tech, Duke, uh, and some MEAC team like FAMU or Bethune or whatever. So basically, we pretty much beat the same teams, maybe other than like Pittsburgh, because I don't think we played Pittsburgh the year Golden was fired. I'm not sure. Okay, but but, 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 you did go toe-to-toe with Florida State the last few years. I mean, it, okay, th- those were still, games that could lost. go either way. You still lost. You still lost. It's not moral victories. Being, being close to beating Florida State has never been 
uh, 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 something that Miami Hurricane fans have been like so honored about, but I guess that's where we're at now. So we 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 on moral victory. No, I don't think anyone's honored losing to the Seminoles seven straight times. But I'm just saying, you know, it's it, it wasn't a disaster. Like they they were right there. I get your point, but but it's the same thing, Gary. They play their biggest game up to Florida State, and then after that, they crash. So they own the teams that they beat on on the regular have not been impressive. Rick, Mark Rick basically beat the teams last year that Al Golden has been be, beating for the last four years or whatever. So I'm not impressed by that. I mean, I don't care how many games in a row it was. It was still teams that we've been beating on the regular. We still lost to a bad Notre Dame team. We got the only the only game we got killed by Virginia Tech. And I mean, people want to talk about okay. I make it, people are getting overreacting about the Duke Cookman game because it's one game. No, that's not one game. Bro. No, I don't think anyone's that's, reacting it, at no, all. If anything, it, it, if anything, it, it, people it, it, are negatively years, reacting because of the it, way the defense it, played. It, so nobody's overreacting. Years, seven years of playing down to competition when we shouldn't be, and you can make all the excuses that you want to make it. It was a vanilla screen scheme or whatever, or playing so many freshmen or whatever, Miami still out-recruits that team. And there's no All right, so the, 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 the bottom line is you want to see some signature wins this year. You want to, you want to see them go up to Florida State. You want, to, you want to see them. I want to see a team that's actually well-prepared to play a game, whether they're playing Bethune, Toledo, or Florida State from start to finish, Gary. I have not how many, seen that yet. How many games how many, do you oh, think this team should win this year, Uki? How many games should they win? No, 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 no lower than nine. No lower than nine. And we I think know that's, for that's past, fair. For the, past, for, no, for the past several years, when this program has reached nine, which has been the pinnacle, they have digressed. It happened in Randy's era, and it happened in Golden's era. So, yes, nine to me is the minimum. But my whole thing is we always start off rough against teams, whether it's Florida State, whether it's or whether it's uh, Bethune. We got into a back and forth with Bethune, I believe, one year with Goldie. So, I mean, it's, it's, I'm not seeing anything different with Mark Rick's team than I'm seeing from Al Golden. That's all I'm saying right now. I don't see no signature wins. Okay, if you want to say the bowl game, all right, bowl game, whatever. West Virginia was overrated in my opinion anyway, but I'll give it to him. He got the bowl win. They might have been a little overrated. They might have been. You can only play who you're scheduled to play. But my whole my whole thing is you can't sit up here and it's just it's just it sounds like I'll go to area all over again. People people want to say like the first two years people wanted to pat him on the back for beating teams that Randy had already beaten and say the team was this and the team was that and then not till they got killed by some other team or lost to Florida State for the third straight time or whatever it may be that people want to wake up and finally see that this team is not getting better. I'm not I'm not saying that. Hey, let's get rid of Mark Rip. I'm just saying right now, I'm not seeing nothing different. Yeah, we got the number one recruiting class and everything like that, but you got to understand like that. If recruits are watching too, and you don't think they don't see anything different, they, they're not watching and paying attention. I mean, you think beating UVA every year impresses top recruits? No. They want to see you get some signature wins. They want to see that you can go toe to toe for the big dog. They want to see you don't you get can... that many opportunities, though, Uki. I mean, what's a signature win this year? You have you have to beat Florida State I... in Tallahassee. 
you got two. You got two. You either you 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 gotta you gotta tr- somehow beat Florida State this year. Come on, they lost their starter yeah, quarterback. Yeah, but what else is a signature win? Is is beating Virginia and Tech at home this year a signature win? Virginia Tech might end up being a a, a a signature win. They seem like they're pretty pretty good team this year so far. And Notre Dame, I mean, regardless of how you still you gotta beat Notre, you can't lose to Notre Dame three, three Notre Dame three straight years. Yeah, on, no no argument. Notre Notre Dame's gonna probably lose at Michigan State this week. So they'll be two and two at that point. No, I'm not. Um, I'm not saying that Notre Dame is a great team, but what I'm saying is you have to get that win. You have, especially if your processor in UGA just shellacked them not too long ago. So you have to get that win. I mean, so, I think I that mean, Notre Dame will be a five, about a five and four team when they get here later in the season. And they, but it, I mean, last I, year can you call that a signature win? But I'm saying last year, last year, Gary, they won four games and we still lost to them. No, no, I understand, but what I'm what the point I'm making is you don't get like there's, there's not a lot of opportunities to poke, yeah, put up. The, wait, wait, let me finish. There's not a lot of opportunities to put up the mind blowing signature win that you're looking for. I mean, you're playing Pittsburgh and Virginia and NC State and Duke and and West Virginia. That's who you're playing, and and mm-hmm. and they they beat them five in a row to end last season. Like, I mean, I know the month of October fell apart. No argument. It was a disaster. But like all they can play is who's on the schedule, and that's what I'm saying. Like I understand we're not playing a Clemson or a Louisville this year. I understand, that. and we're playing. And I mean, only only thing that looks great on that schedule is a one already once beaten Florida State team. So yeah, the signature win would have to be Florida State. No doubt. That's your only chance. That's a, yeah, that's the only chance. But I'm saying like the, the excuses have to stop somewhere, Gary. You can't. Nobody's you can't, making excuses. I don't hear anybody making excuses. Who's making excuses? There's plenty of people making excuses, but I'm not going to go through that. I'm not going to get. I know a lot of people like get on the board and say that I'm a troll and this and stuff, stuff like that. Well, you can say whatever you want. It's not like I've been watching the greatest football from Miami in the past several years. All I'm going by is what I've seen on Saturday. And they, and people say I'm making a big deal out of them, uh, the score or whatever. How but throw equipment in. It's not. It's not one game. They have played like that for several years now against teams they should not be playing like that again. And that all comes down to coaching. I don't care what you say. That is a team that's not prepared, not focused, whatever. And that comes down to coaching. And if you're all talking right. if you want if you want to say that if you want look at, to let's look that, let's look at the swoon at the swoon last year, okay? I mean Florida State game toe to toe right to the last snap, okay? They were prepared for that game. Would you agree? Yep, and they've been they prepared for okay. that game for the last okay. four years. The next yeah, week they had a letdown. The next week they had a letdown against North Carolina. They were. I, I would agree with you that maybe they weren't prepared for that game. They they didn't look good. They they didn't play well. They had a hangover from Florida State. Uh, mm-hmm. If you want to make the if you want to make an argument that they weren't prepared for that game, I think I think you know you have some you have some fodder there. Um, the Virginia Tech game. Coming back again on now, a Thursday night. Game, I understand that game. Totally unprepared on at the on yeah. the offensive line. Uh, the offensive line, I would agree with you, was totally unprepared. They got boat raced, gave up eight sacks, and that coach at Virginia Tech is a good coach. He's doing a great job there. They were they were incredibly well prepared for that game, and they they out everything. Miami. I I would agree with you there. Um, the Notre Dame game, I don't think preparation was an issue. I, I, I think they just played very poorly. 
and didn't and, and, and got beat. So that you know, but once they got past there, I think they turned sort of turned the corner a little bit and, and played better. Now I agree with you, there were no signature games in that stretch, but at least they gave you something to like to have some hope that as you go into this year, uh things are better. And and I think this is a conversation um that you know, you've got to have after you see them go on the road next week against Duke, hopefully take care of business Saturday against Toledo, then go play Duke on the road on Friday night, which I agree with an earlier caller uh, is going to probably be a little bit of a tougher game than anybody really counted on coming into the season. Uh, Duke's played good football and and they will be well prepared for that game. Um, And then Florida state, and then you got to come back and play Georgia tech. So I think that, you know, mid October, is the time for you to make your evaluation on what you're seeing this year. You're right. You're right. I mean, I'm not, you know what I'm saying? Like I, all of this saying is Gary is it's time to take the next level. I'm not saying we got to go and feed it, but it's time that, you know, that we, we, we progress to something different. Okay. Well, I mean, we, we have to, we have to, we have to show that we're, that we're, that we're improving. I'm okay yeah. with, I'm okay with winning nine games. I'm okay with winning 10 games. You know what I'm saying? I'm great. With, I'm cool with that. But if anything less than that, it's a failure. That's just my opinion. Well, even the next even level. If, even, even, if, even if you lose the Florida State game, even if you do lose the Florida State game, you still have the opportunity to improve your win total throughout the season. So that's my only thing. Like, yeah, I, I'm tired of losing to Florida State, and, yeah, I want to win. I would, Look, I would love to win this year, but I'm saying if we didn't – we didn't lose. I still would like to see a team that, after a Florida State loss, doesn't get down on themselves and go in the tank. That's my only thing. Yeah, I mean, the the next level would be look good against Toledo this week. Go up and play Duke and play a good football game and, and win that game on the road and, and look like a quality team that's improving and is ready to go to Tallahassee the next week. And then whatever happens in Tallahassee happens, you know, we all know that that's a, you know, that's a game that could go either way. There's no secret to that. I mean, you know, Miami's going to be an underdog even with the new freshman quarterback there because um, Malik Rozier is no more accomplished than really than that, you know, not much more accomplished than that kid. Um, you know, and, and and then get yourself ready the next week and, and, and be ready on defense to deal with the Georgia Tech option and take care of business against Georgia Tech and, and come out of that, that stretch with, at worst, a 4-1 and one record. And, uh, you know, I, I think that would probably be the next level you're looking for, right? Exactly. Exactly. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just want to see us, in, you know, improve, improve the win total. I'm not saying we got to go undefeated. I'm not even saying that it's, that it's a must that we beat Florida State. But what I'm saying is, I don't want to see the same team after Florida State. That's all I'm saying. I don't want to see the same team every year after Florida State that just gives up. When you still have right. a chance to. And uh, one more thing before I, before I get off. Um, I will be at the Toledo game this weekend. I'm bringing my nephews, man. We need to get the fans out, man. I'm telling you, people who keeps talking about the past and not filling the Orange Bowl, okay, great, done, Danny. We had a different type of mentality of players now. These kids these days are, like, fragile. They're all into the social media. They love the attention. They love all of that stuff. So fan support matters to these people. And if you don't think, like, being if Miami sold out, Every freaking game, people don't understand how much 
easier it would be to recruit for Miami. But I understand that's not the landscape of Miami. It's a metropolitan city, and a lot of people ain't even from here. So I get that. But the fans that are, that are always on the board talking smack and talking about they their diehard fans should be at, and they live in South Florida, they should be at this game, they should be supporting this team, and they should be cheering loud as hell. I mean, like you said, it's been a two weeks without football, and, you know, these kids need our support, man. They don't need to come into it'll, another It'll be three weeks game. without football Saturday. You'll be on oh, three exactly, weeks. Exactly, three weeks. So, I mean, like, you, you, you talking, these kids need to come in, they need to run through the smoke with a loud crowd cheering them on, not empty seats, man. Like, people need to get in their seats, cheer, stand up, and represent for these kids. We talking about South Florida kids being loyal to, to the home when the fans don't even want to be loyal themselves. So, I think you'll have a decent be- crowd out there Saturday. I really do. I think you could, you'll have, you'll have 50,000 out there. That's what's up, man. Just everybody get there, be loud, do whatever, bang, scream, yell, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Just represent for the, just represent for the whole team, man. That's all I'm saying. All right, Uki. Thanks for, thanks for calling in. Thanks for explaining yourself. I'm sure some people I, agree with you. I'm sure some people don't, but it was good to uh, hear you out, and we'll monitor it here as we go through these next few weeks. All right, keep me a hold. You got it, man. Thanks for being part of the show. All right, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show as we enter hour number three here. Um, don't know if we'll make it all the way to the end of hour number three, but uh, we're into hour number three. If you want to come on the show, now is the time to call the number, 563-999-3633. Hit the one on your keypad so you get in the queue. Uh, let's go out now to the 813. You're live on Kane Sport Live. What's going on, Gary? Doing great. Who's this? This is Charles, man. I'm a, a long-time Kane fan, and I was hey. uh, I just listened, and uh, well, let me say I thank you for, for all you do, man. You've been, you know, you definitely keep us up to date, and I was just a little confused with what the previous caller did explain and stuff, but maybe I'm missing something, but this is, a, this is Coach Rick's second year, right? Correct. Yeah. We 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 were one game into season two, and yep. all I'm hearing is you know you know you want to set the bar and stuff like that. And look, I, I've I've been around and we've all been around a long time, but I think you got to give this guy some time to well, get his people, I mean, look, get the players assimilating and stuff like that. So maybe I'm missing something. I, <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Okay, October was a disa- absolute disaster last year in every way. No nobody can argue that it was a disaster. Um, but the, the thing that's different to me. And God, I've been here since 1979 doing this. Uh, the the thing that's different to me is Miami used to have three or four signature games every year. You know, there'd be the Oklahoma game, the Notre Dame game, always the FSU game. You'd have Florida games sometimes. You'd have a big bowl game. You'd have three, four, five big time signature games every year where you could make your mark on that college football season. It's not really like that anymore. You know, I mean. You know, now you have one or two, and I and I I love the way they're scheduling. I, I like the fact that they're committing to play in these kickoff classic type games. You know, you got LSU next year, you got Florida the year after, then two years later, uh, you've got Alabama. I mean, that's three out of four years where you're going to be in the big time college football stage to start out the year, and 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 that's what Miami needs to do to get back to being what Miami once was. But you know, 
Uki's looking for these signature victories and stuff, and they're, they're just, to me, they're just not there. I mean, that's who you're playing is Pittsburgh and Virginia and West Virginia and Virginia Tech. And like, those are the teams you got to make your living on, and, and, and nobody's going to go, you know, all insane when you, if you win them. But, you know, you got to pile them on top of each other, and now they're on six straight victories. Uh, I don't know how many teams around the country have a longer win streak. I, you know, we'd have to research that. But, Six straight victories in today's college football is pretty darn good, and uh, I mean I think we're seeing progress. I, I anybody that thinks that the program is totally there right now is is in my mind absolutely deceiving themselves. I, I mean it's not. I mean there's holes, big time holes on the offensive line. You got big time holes, I think in the secondary. You know that that spot's not as good as you'd like for it to be. Um, you know I think the defensive line and linebackers are in pretty good shape. Right now, obviously, I think a quarterback, you've got a hole. You don't have a franchise quarterback. Malik Rozier is not a franchise quarterback. He's, you know, he's he's plugging for you right now. I mean, let's be honest. Great kid. Great kid. He's doing a good job. He's being a leader. He's doing everything you could want him to do to do and be. But he's not a franchise level quarterback. So you got one running back. You know, you're developing young receivers. You've got one tight end. So. You know, this program is not where it ultimately will hopefully be in a couple of years. Um, but you just don't get a lot of – there's just not a lot of opportunity there to make the kind of statement that guys like Uki are looking for, in my opinion. No, You know what, Gary? And, I mean, I wish I, I, wish I would have had the mic, but, you know, you said everything I wanted to say. I mean, you know, you got to look at leadership and – what happened during the Al Golden and even the Randy Shannon era, I don't remember many big games. You know, I know we played Oklahoma and stuff like that. So I, I think, you know, we're trajectory, you know, our trajectory is, is positive. You've got some scheduling things that are going to come about that are going to attract kids that are going to want to come to Miami. So I think it's early in the season. I think part of the frustration for all of us is, listen, we haven't watched a football game and the Lord knows how long. So um, I think the kids are going to come out fresh. I, I really anticipate us winning nine, ten games this year. And this upcoming season is going to be the plateau and the foundation for what the hurricane is going to look like in the future. So um, I'm not going to say a bunch more. I appreciate what you do. Just keep me on hold and I'll continue to listen and keep up the good work, man. You got it, man. Thank you for being part of the show. All right, let's go out to the 904. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. How's it going? I'm doing good. Who's this? This is Kane 35 out of Jacksonville. Hey, what's up, man? Uh, how are you? You guys took the storm a little hard, huh? Huh? The storm hit you guys a little bit, huh? Yeah, we got a lot of trees and limbs and stuff now. A lot of people still without power, but, you know, we, we're making it through. <laughs> I, I, I just want to comment on, on Uki. Uh, oh, Oki, what's, that, what's his name? Gal, you just talking I, I, I call it. I call it Uki. I don't know what he intends for it to be, but, you know. <laughs> I mean, you heard him. He came on and defended himself. I give him a lot of props. He makes some good points. We, you know, we, yeah. you know, you get some, we got to take the glasses off and acknowledge that there were yeah. some things last year that weren't great. Like that month of October yeah. was really bad. It, it was, and 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 I, I'm gonna tell you, I like Mark Rick. He's a very good guy, very good guy. But I lost faith in Mark Rick in the second half of that Florida State game. The honeymoon was over with me after that game because Mark Rick has been coaching too long too long to lose that game the way he did. He, he he got conservative in the second half. I mean, the first half, you ran up and down the field on Florida State. Second half, you got conservative. Why? 
Ka- when Kaya what threw that interception, it? when Kaya threw that interception in the end zone, he killed him. He just killed him. Come on, it, you know it, that, 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 that was that that was just brutal. It, it was. It was. Everybody keep talking about if Kaya came back. No, no, keep that crap. Well, I'm glad he left. He killed us in a lot of games last year. I'm gonna call it just how it is. I'm glad he left. Kaya killed us in about four games last year. That Virginia Tech game, he no, it wasn't the Notre game, the Notre Dame game where the guy swung his leg and missed him and he fell down. I was done with Brad Kaya after that game. The guy didn't even touch his leg and he fell down. You you you, you don't you, you know Gary, you you know what we missing at quarterback. I want a dog as my quarterback. That's exactly I what I was just thinking. <laughs> I thought I of the word before you said it. Yeah. I want a dog as my quarterback. That's the most important position on the field. If you're not a dog playing quarterback, don't get back there. Don't put him on the field. Yeah, I, I see you know, a little of that in the cozy. I, I think the cozy's got a chance to be that. Um, I can't really comment on how Sikowski you know, we'll, we'll look when he comes in and, you know, it's a whole different deal than playing high school football. I, I see a yeah. little of that in the cozy. He's just not ready yet. He's just young. He's just, he, I mean, you know, I'm sure the kid at Florida state's not ready yet either. If you had to play Nicozy, you'd throw him out there. He'd do some good things. I'm sure yeah. like the, I'm sure the Florida state kid, he'll do some bad things, but yeah. I see a little of that. I, I do. I see a little of that in him. And speaking about the Florida state kid, I'm going to say this right here, too. If Mark Rick don't beat Florida State this year with a true freshman quarterback, he needs to resign after the game, immediately effective after the game. Well, the qualifier, I think I think, I think, think you got to put a qualifier on that. I mean, let's be fair. They're, they're playing them on the road in a night – what will probably be a night game at Doe Campbell. I understand, right. Gary, but a true – Gary, if that was us going up there with a true freshman quarterback – they would do the same thing. They would say the same thing about us. I mean, come on now. We we, we haven't beat Florida State in, in seven years now, and all these people here talking about, oh, we might lose to Florida State. You know what? Get off the board. You are weak. You you are a weak fan. You keep talking about if we lose to Florida State. Damn it, go beat Florida State. Stop saying we're we gonna lose to them. We got some very weak fans on this board. We really do. If you if you want well, if you want to be a Florida State fan, go on War Chant and cheer for them. Stop getting on Kane on Kane's and, 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 and talking about Florida State all the time. Talk about your hurricanes. Be a real true fan. And stop talking about Florida State all the time. Cheer for your team, not for Florida State. I, I, I'm tired of these people on this board talking about, oh, we might lose to Florida State. I mean, you, 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 I mean, Gary, they're, they're so weak in the head now that Florida State be the seven years in a row. They're just so scared of Florida State all of a sudden. Florida State are not world beaters, Gary. They're not world beaters. What has Florida State done over the last four years when they had Winston and they had Cook? They still lost three or four games a year. They haven't really dominated nobody like that. I mean, come on. We got some very weak fans on this board, man. Florida State is not world beaters. They're not. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to tell you, James Winston made Jimbo Fisher look better than what he is. Jimbo is not really that good of a coach. Jimbo had some very good players to make him look good, let truth be told. I think you'd say that about anybody. There's nobody that looks good as a coach that doesn't have good players. I mean, Jimbo does a pretty good job. Makes great halftime adjustments. He's as good as any he coach does. in college football at halftime adjustments. Um, he you does. know, Nick Saban obviously that makes great adjustments too. I, I think that most people would agree with you that the opportunity is there. I don't think I don't think you would get a lot of 
debate on that. The opportunity is definitely there to beat Florida State this year. It is, Gary. It, it's right there. I mean, okay, so like you just said, Jim will make great great adjustments at halftime. Okay, you didn't do it against you didn't do it against Nick Saban. You didn't do it against the teachers. Why could you do it against him? I mean, come on. I mean, I think I think we're giving these, some of these coaches a little bit too much prop. And I think Jim. I mean, Jimbo is a good coach. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I would take Dabo over Jimbo though. That's just my take. I would take Dabo Sweet over Jimbo. You know, it's weird. It's different. You know, like Dabo is is um, a head coach that kind of oversees. Jimbo is Florida State's offensive coordinator, so it's a little bit different. Uh, so I'm not sure you could really t- you really could necessarily say I'll take one over the other. They're different style of head coaches. Both are doing a great job. They they both re- are recruiting. They're recruiting great. They're running their programs like SEC programs. They're going toe to toe with the best teams in the country, and uh, you know. But I think both are doing just great. I, I agree with you. I, I'm gonna say one more thing, Gary. It, like Oki said, nine games. He accept nine games. I don't accept nine games, Gary. I, I I don't accept nine games. If Mark Rick don't win ten games this year and win the coastal, that's gonna be he, he's gonna lose that 2018 recruiting class. I'm telling you. Because they're gonna say, well, hold up, you won nine games last year. Why? Why are you winning nine games this year? When you, I mean, we pretty much got a better team. You know, a lot of people say that, but how many of these guys are gonna to go to places where they win more than nine games? I mean, there's not that many teams in the country that'll win more than nine games. I mean, okay, well, let me you know, ask you a question. Maybe seven I mean, or eight. How many games do you think he should have won last year? I mean, let's be truthful now. How many games they should, do you think have, you should, they, they should have split those four games in October? I mean, the, the, there was no reason to lose all four of them. I I, I don't disagree. Uh, okay, Mark. It was bad. It was a bad long? stretch. It really was. It was bad. That's what I said. Mark's been coaching how long? Twenty something, almost thirty years. How do you lose? How do you lose four games back to back to back? You never did it at Georgia, but you went. You get the University of Miami, and you lose four games in a row. That's unacceptable, to me, Gary. That's it, 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 it got away from them. It, the whole thing got away from them. The, the schedule contributed, and you know they they didn't bring the team out of the tank after that Florida State loss. And you know I I just I think they were in the tank and 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 they weren't prepared for those next couple games. I, I mean, and, and the thing about it, okay, if you if okay when Kyrie threw that pick in the end zone in the Florida State game. You should have snatched him out of the game and, and let let's let's just see a Rosier guy. I mean, you can't you can't do no worse. I mean, this guy killed us, man. He has killed he killed us time and time and time again last year. I mean, countless times this guy killed us. Like I said, the guy swung at his leg and the dude fell down, man. Even the commentators ran the tape back. They say, look at that. He didn't even touch him and he fell down. And after that that year, I'm telling you, I was done with Brad Kaya after that. I'm like. Please get him off the team. I was really done with him. I mean, how could you how could you let your team down like that? You, he, he let his team down, Gary, so many times last year. I mean, it was just sickening watching watching the University of Miami look like that. That's not Miami football, Gary. That is not University of Miami football. You don't go out there and what are you on your helmet? You play soft like that. You do not belong at University of Miami when you go out there and you play like that. That's unacceptable. That's unacceptable to Michael Irvin, to, to Jeremy Shockey, Clinton Porters, all those people who, who built that program. You make them look bad when you go out there and you perform like that. You shouldn't be at the University of Miami. There's a lot of guys who shouldn't be there now. Shouldn't even have a scholarship there. 
It's unacceptable. I, 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 I'm tired of looking at it. It's been 15 years of less than below average playing, and I'm sick of it. And I blame it. I saw it at the top. And I saw, Man, you, and I saw are you coming down for the Toledo game? I probably am. I probably will. Man, we gotta set up a you you and you and Uki gotta have breakfast, man. You guys are like marching to the beat of the same drummer. <laughs> we yeah, gotta I'm, like I'm, you know I'm, we gotta get you guys hooked up at like the the pancake house or something where you guys can. Get, <laughs> get to... <laughs> Gary, Gary, I'm sick of it because you know everybody doesn't look at you know people look at Miami like we're Duke now. I mean it, it's it's so it's so disrespectful how the people are view the University of Miami now. Because well, I mean they they got you ranked 14th in the country. I don't. You know, I mean, that's not total disrespect. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm talking about over the last – I'm talking about over the last 15 years, Gary. I'm not talking about just the ranking. Now I'm talking about over the last decade and a half. I'm, I'm going back, over, back to 2002 now I'm, when we start falling apart. And like I say, I, I started to talk, and I blame it on Donna Shalala because Donna Shalala didn't give a crap about that football program. It started with her, Gary. It all started right there with her. She didn't give a crap. I'm going to tell you, when we really went down, when she got on TV and said, this is not the old Miami, this is the new Miami, that's when we really started going downhill right there. When she got on TV and she said that, you can tell she started trying to change a lot of things about that football program. She didn't give a crap about it. I mean, I don't know if that's fair. I, I, I really don't. I mean, you're talking about a lady that goes to all, went to all the athletic events. I mean, I, I think she cared about athletics. I, I you know, I, I think she – you know, she gave Randy a shot, and she lied to Randy. She promised Randy another year. What happened? She fired him. Randy, Randy, uh, listen. I'm. I, I like. I like. I like Randy like a brother. Okay, I've known that kid since. I've known him since he was 16 years old. Okay, he made mistakes in how he dealt with people, and, and that's why he didn't get a fifth. That's why he didn't get a fifth year. You know, it, it was just. It, it was a little too big for him. As a as a guy that had never been a head coach before, I mean, there were some things he did great. The kids did what they were supposed to do. None of them, they didn't get in trouble. He was recruiting okay. Um, you know, never okay, really got his coaching. Sir. He never really got his coaching staff right the way he needed to, and he he didn't get a fifth year because he he made mistakes in how he treated pe- some people, and they they were looking to replace him, and they took the first chance they could to get him out, um, but. Had Randy done a few things a little bit better, and had survived that 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 you know into a fifth year, a lot of things could have been different in, in this program. It, you know, he would have gotten Teddy Bridgewater. I think he would have gotten Amari Cooper. I, I think a lot of those kids that went to Louisville that put Louisville on the map would have stayed home and played for Miami. I think the program would have been totally different, and you know, some of the pains that that the program went through under Al Golden. You know, maybe maybe it, it would have been better than that. And I, you know, I just think this this program has just it's been the perfect storm for eleven, twelve years now. And you know, it, it it's just been the perfect storm in the wrong direction. And you know, you got to hope now that Mark Rick can can straighten it out and keep it going in the other way. Well, Gary, I'm I, I telling you, Gary, I, I don't I don't know about Mark Rick. That that jury is, is still out. But let me go back to Randy Shannon for a minute. If you felt that way about him, why you even gave him a shot when you knew he had no head coaching experience? Go out and get you a head coach who's got experience. Stop this amateur hour crap, man. It was, it was, a, it was a, in that regard, it was a mistake. And and if I were an athletic director, based on my observations, I would never hire a head coach at a place like Miami who doesn't have a proven resume as a head coach. Exactly. 
Why, why would you even do that? And why would you turn around and hire Al Golden, who didn't do crap at, at uh, Temple? I mean, okay, he went 94 or something like that. Al Golden does not know anything about the University of Miami like that. He knew nothing. He came there and killed that program. He made us big and slow with what he did. I never seen a Miami team so slow in my life. They were, sh- they were shooting higher. I'm not going to go into it because I, I still take too much grief for it, but they were shooting higher than Al Golden. It didn't work out. And I guess they felt he was the best they had left on, you know, available. And Gary, that, that, and Gary not, that's what I'm talking about. You're reaching. You re, you're reaching for coaches. Not, and then when you get those coaches in there, they're reaching for players. And that's the rest of people's ass. And that's exactly what happened at the University of Miami. You reach for coaches. And when the coaches get in there, they're reaching for players. You will never win like that. And, I, and like you said, okay, we're playing like Virginia and Pittsburgh or whoever. Well, guess what, Gary? Hell, we can't even hardly beat them. And they talk. I mean, so so. I mean, so what? What are we to do here? We 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 struggling against Bethune. We struggle against Virginia. Okay, we beat the hell out of Pitt last would, year, but I wouldn't overreact to Bethune. Let's let's see what happens here these next few weeks. You're gonna you're gonna progressively get into this season really quickly here. You got Toledo Saturday. You got Duke six days later, and then you got Florida State. And by the time you go through that, and then got to come home and deal with the Virginia, you know, getting ready for for the Georgia Tech offense. By the time you go through this stretch, you're going to know all you need to know about this team and where it stands as it goes into this season. So give it a chance. Give it a give it a chance. You know, like give it a chance. They're they're on a six game win streak. Give it a chance. I'm I'm gonna give it a chance, Gary. But I got to say it. I really the honeymoon was over with me after that after that Florida State game with Mar Rick because I understand Kyle threw that pick in his own but but Gary Mar Rick let me put that right okay he coached at Georgia for 15 years you're not gonna be at University of Miami for 15 years and don't win a championship it's it, it's not gonna happen you will be gone you're not gonna be at Miami 15 years and don't yeah win I don't anything. think he's planning on saying happen. that so we'll see what happens huh? all right man let me let you go. Um, hopefully you and Uki can find some way to connect with each other. And, and, and I, I think you guys would have a hell of a breakfast Saturday and, uh, give us a call next, next week. And let's, uh, talk Toledo. I'm just tired of losing Gary. I'm tired of losing. I know, man. I know you are. You and a lot, you and a lot of others. You're not alone. <laughs> All right. All right appreciate man. It. Hey, th- thanks for being part of the show. All right. All right, uh, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. Hit one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. We've still got about 35 minutes left. i still got all those questions that I will get to, I promise. Um, but we've still got a couple calls on the, on the board, so let's uh, let these guys get on. Let's go out to the um, 205. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, man, I had to make a second appearance. We had so many people bashing my boy. Brad Caius, Jake from Oh, Nashville. that's right. Yeah, you were already on. Jesus. All right, make it quick. Yeah. Guys, guys Miami fans, it, it, I've been a Miami fan since I was born, been raised in the Orange Bowl, and moved out from complications. But the formula is out, Miami fans. Everybody knows there's players down in South Florida. We can't get them all anymore. We can't get them all anymore. The formula is out. The way college recruiting works nowadays is it's not statewide. It's nationalized. You can fly a kid from South Florida out and visit USC. And 15 years ago, 20 years ago, that was not necessarily the case. Am I, am I, am I wrong, Gary? 
I don't think that's changed. I, you know, I, I agree with you that you're not going to get everybody, but I think that they're proving this year that you could get the greater percentage. And the key is the key isn't getting everybody. The key is doing your homework, making the proper evaluations, putting in the work and the time to do so and get, and getting the right guys. And I think they're doing well, that right true, now. But... I think there's a couple of these guys, obviously that they would want to get that they may not be getting, but you know, like, a couple of those DBs, I mean, you're not getting eight DB. There's eight uh, very good DBs from down here. You're not getting them all. So if they end up getting five of the eight, that's a success. But if, you can't deny that the, the, the competition for recruiting in South Florida is national now. Of course. It always the has Alabama's, been. The Ohio State's. Yeah, but, it, but, but Miami ran that territory. But there's so, so, many, there's like so many kids. There's so many kids. There's so many players. You run that territory for so long, and then Randy Shannon just got a raw deal. And then you, you then you've got speaking of Al Golden, we talked about Butch Jones earlier. You might as well you might as well make your twins. They're the same coach. Butch is way worse. A whole lot of just a whole lot of no. Al Golden is way better than Butch Jones. Way better. You know, uh, but this this, this Butch Jones to me is a total absolute fraud. He is a total fraud. But listen, hey, let me let let me let some other people get on here because you were already on. And give us a call next Tuesday. Okay, I will. I will. Thanks. All right, man. Thanks. All right, let's go to the um, nine. Oh wait, no, this one's already been on too. Uh, sorry about that. Um, let's go. Let me let guys who who who, um, who haven't been on yet. Let's go to the seven oh six. You're live on Kings for Live. Hey, Gary, how you, you doing? Want... This is Sebastian from GA. How you doing? What's up, man? How you doing? What do you got for man, us? Man, they are just they are just bashing us, dude, and I'm just sitting there just saying. People are ordinary. Been three three weeks without down, football, dude. man. <laughs> yeah, man, it's just, it's, just, it's just too much that's pent up, man. Let me just break it down to you brothers and just let them see how things are supposed to go. Okay, we're on a six-game win streak. We got a second-year coach. We got a coach that has a good coaching staff together, okay? Um, we have a coach that is bringing in the type of players that he believes fits his style, his scheme, his personality, and the kind of football that we need to make. The other thing we have to take a look at is there's a lot of players that's in the program that's not in the program anymore based upon his evaluation, his assessment, that they're not the caliber of Miami football players, okay? Okay. <clears throat> If you take a look at those players that we lost just through natural attrition, that definitely hurts depth, okay? But what it does do is creates the capacity for you to bring in the type of players that's going to help us to be successful. You're completely right when you say that you're not going to get all the players, but if we didn't lose one decommit off this recruiting class, we got a pretty nice recruiting class, a recruiting class that a lot of teams will be really, really happy and pleased to be able to get. Let's see how the season plays out, and then we can kind of go on from there. The other point I want to try to make is, man, I'm not. I never wish any injuries on any, you know, any players on another team or whatnot. But man, that Florida State game really, really looks winnable, you know. And I've said it. I've told you before. We've been at this for like three or four years. I said Florida State rises and dies on the talent of South Florida. And if we beat Florida State and you get two to three players a year that stays home that don't go to Tallahassee, that's a big difference. What do you think about big that, Big difference. 
totally agree. It, it's a big difference. Um, imagine if it's Dalvin huge. Cook stayed in stayed home. Dairy, we've been talking about this for the last two years. I said, you take Dalvin Cook off of Florida State the last two, three years, I just don't know how many of them games we lose. I just don't know how many of them games we lose. You know, you take a, you take a, you know, Amari Cooper, you take a Calvin Ridgely, you know, you take a Jerry Judy, you know, you just get one of those two or three, one or two, three of those game breakers to stay home to not go to Alabama or the Florida State, and we have a totally different team. Now, I'll tell you this right. I'll tell you this right here. This is, this is what I'm expecting. This is what I'm expecting. I think we have a 10-win season football team, okay? I mean, we have to overcome a couple of things. One, we can't afford injuries in some certain areas. And then, two, we just got to let some of the young talent develop over time. There's still a lot of dead weight on the team. There's still players on the team that's not going to do anything for us this year or next year. Mahoney, Jerry Jones, Jahir Jones. I mean, you. I look at the roster and I'm just like, you know, um, the the offensive tackle that came from Barakaya's high school, those guys ain't doing anything from us. But then you take a look and you see, you know, the offensive tackle, we got 55, who I thought was the key to our recruiting class, that decides to stay home. Could you imagine if he went to Florida State? Yeah. You know, we talked about that last year. Could you imagine, you know, those that that's what I'm talking about, you know? And I just feel like if we just give our if we just be patient up and give ourselves some time, we'll be okay. I say we needed a coach that had championship pedigree, you know, where the moment's not gonna be too big for him. When I look at Mark Rich and I hear him talk and I see him evaluate the team, he never seems like the moment's too big for him. Have you ever gotten that impression for him? Oh, there's no moment. Like this is the guy that this is, he's been on the big stage for what, 17, 17 years now he or has. whatever. I mean, no. The, and before he, that, he was on the big stage as an assistant. He, no, there's nothing that's too big Florida for Mark State, Rick. Yeah, the moment the moment's never too big for him. And I just no. said, man, if we just calm down, if we can get through the season and don't afford and and don't have injuries in some certain areas, do I expect us to be blowing people out forty to ten? No. But, I mean, if we can consistently play disciplined football, we don't get penalties, we don't have injuries, I don't care if we beat Duke 27-24. If we get through the season with 10 wins, I'm telling you, watch out. Most of that recruiting class is going to stay together. Most of them kids are going to stay there. And I'm telling you, with Florida State going into this season with a brand-new freshman quarterback, knowing they got to come down to South Florida next year, when you're probably going to have a, a, a lot more experience, Nikosi Perry sitting up at the stadium down in Miami, we're going to be rocking. We got LSU at the beginning of the year. That looks like a winnable game. I mean, I don't see if, – if I'm just saying if Miami was stock, man, they're on an upward trend. They're definitely not on a downward trend. What do you think about that? I just don't see where this football program is, look, is going more towards Duke and not going more towards Alabama. Uh, Alabama right now is a reach. You got you got to put a few more recruiting classes together to start talking about being in that classification. Uh, you know where you're talking about top three. You know, I mean you got Clemson, you got Alabama, you got Ohio State, um, and then a notch below that you got Florida State. I mean th- th- those those programs. But, but, Gary, but Gary, I know uh, it are, takes time. That's a, that's a, that's what I'm saying. It takes it takes time. Look, 
I remember before Gene Stallings got to Alabama, Alabama went through a period where they were going through coaches left and right. They went seven years and didn't beat Auburn. You remember that? They went through a period where it took a while before they got the right coach in there that had the right philosophy that was able to hone in with that right talent. All I'm saying is this. We don't have a cloud of probation over our heads, okay? There's probably players on the team that's probably not Miami caliber football. The guy has only had two recruiting classes, okay? He finally got a chance to pick the quarterback that he wants. He's bringing his system inside the program. I mean, if you take a look at the running backs we're getting, the wide receivers we're getting, Gary, I watch that every single day. You know, he's not reaching for players like Al Golden did that just passed out candy, scholarships like candy with people left and right that did absolutely nothing for the program. And I'm just saying, even for I look at even the walk-on talent is a whole lot better in this program than it was in the last couple of years. And I'm just saying, if we could just calm down, be a little bit patient, if we get through the next two games, and I'm telling you, if we beat Florida State by a field goal in Tallahassee, I'm telling you, there's going to be players that's going to say, you know what, I just don't think I got to go to Tallahassee to win the ACC champion. I just don't think I got to go to Gainesville where they can't never put an offensive system or philosophy together. And we keep some of that talent down in South Florida. I'm just saying watch out. I'm just saying watch out. I'm telling you, we get through the season, nine wins, ten wins. We knock LSU off at the beginning of the year. I just think Miami's stock value is on the upper trend, definitely not on the downward trend. I don't know if that's the sense yeah, you get no, from the program. No, no, no argument. No argument. But, let's, you know, but, so, but first, let's see what happens okay. the next you know, three, four weeks. <laughs> okay. So this so before, before I, I mean, go, before I, go, this I, is would, I want before I, before I would worry about being Alabama and Clemson, I, I, like, I'd go you one know, week Gary, at a time. But, Gary, I'm not, ask, I'm not asking us to that's, – that's my thing. I'm not asking us to do that this year. What I'm asking us to be able to do now is play Miami football according to the character and the philosophy of the coaches that we have in place. I believe we have coaches that can coach. I believe we have coaches that's knowing how to evaluate the right particular talent. And I'm not saying I need to be berserk. I'm telling you, we get through the season with nine wins. We win a bowl game. We're sitting at ten wins next year. I'm thinking a lot of Canes fans are going to be happy. I know you got to let me go, so I just need you to talk about this. If you take a look at our recruiting class, can you just speak to some of the areas, if I just find a video that we get on, could you speak to just a couple of the key areas that we need to address to really solidify this class? You can put me on hold. And when I talk to you next time after we beat Florida State, I'm going to tell you some of that South Florida talent is going to stay home, and then we'll have another conversation over there. But just talk about the recruiting class as far as areas we need to kind of show up to make sure we kind of solidify this class. Let me do that real quick. I'll do that real quick. I mean, I think you're, you're in good shape at quarterback. I, I think Sikowski is going to be solid. I think you're in good shape at running back with Lin Bar- Lingard and, and Davis. I don't see anything changing there. Um, I think they're in, in good shape at wide receiver um, with obviously Mark Pope being an elite kind of kid. I think Brian Hightower is a good prospect. And my sleeper of the class is this DeQuarrest Wiggins kid from Southridge. I think he's overlooked because he's playing second fiddle to Mark Pope. I love everything I've always seen of him. I think he's going to be a real good player. Um, I think you're all set at tight end. You've got two elite guys. I mean, this is tight end recruiting to me is as good as it gets with Mallory and and Brevin Jordan. I mean, you've got two just elite elite guys. I, 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 I don't think you could be more excited about that. 
Um, I think they still have some work left to do on the O-line. I really like Delone Scaife. Um, I personally, from what I've seen of John Campbell, was not overly um, overwhelmed. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure that they can't do better than that, but we'll see what happens there. Right now it looks like he will be in the class. Um, I think they still got some work to do on the O-line. Um, I think they, they need to get two really good prospects there. Uh, they've been talking some to this Tank Jenkins kid out of Alabama. Um, I'm kind of, I personally am, am kind of mixed. I don't know if he's good enough or not. We'll see. Um, but I, I think that somehow, some way, they got to find themselves a couple big-time offensive linemen between now and February. Uh, I would say the same thing on the defensive line. I think Silvera is a good prospect. Uh, Greg Rousseau is a good project type of kid, he, uh, very athletic, big kid who might be able to do some things for you on defense. I, I like that take. Um, I think they got to find themselves two big-time defensive tackles here down the stretch. Oh yeah, whoever that. Whoever they decide that is, you know, that, 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 you know, that, that, that's, that's the coach's job. They're doing the evaluations. They're, they're looking at all these kids and they're looking at a lot of them. They got to find the, the two guys that can really be big time and they got to land them in this class. Um, linebacker, I don't see as a huge priority this year. Um, I don't even know if they'll take one. They, they may not even take a linebacker this year. Um, I want to yeah, the Joiner kid, they're looking at him. They may take him. He's a maybe. Um, but if they don't take him, I don't think they're going to take anybody. Uh, but we'll see. Um, DBs, I, you know, I think you know the situation there. They've got um, all those kids committed. You've got five kids committed right now. Um, I see them taking five to six. Uh, a couple of them are hanging precariously. Obviously, you know, Job would be one I would mention. Um, Gervin Hall, another. Um, I personally um, am a little concerned that uh, what's going on with Al Blades at St. Thomas. Um, you know, I don't know what's up there. Or, you know, uh, you know, I, I just I don't want to comment too much about it because I don't really I don't really know what's up. But there, I think there's some concerns there. But uh, they're going to get five or six DBs in this class. Um, you know, DJ Ivy is a big a big corner. Uh, it'll be hey, interesting hey. to see if. if yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if he's got the speed. I'm a little concerned about his speed. Uh, we'll, you know, we'll see how that plays out. But uh, you think, know, things. Are going I think on. we can make that up if we can get the Campbell kid. I think. It, yeah, I mean, the Cam- Campbell kid is one of the keys to the class. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, 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 the Campbell kid to me, if you're looking at what's left out there that they're working on, to me, the Campbell kid is, is as big as it gets because he's an elite player too. So you know, we'll see what happens. They're moving in the right direction. I, I think they still have some work. All right, Gary, I appreciate it, man. Keep me on hold, but just remember. If we're looking at stock value, man, I think, you know, we're definitely, definitely on the upper trend. We'll talk in a couple of weeks. and um, You got we'll, it, man. We'll Call any time. You're, you're a great caller. So, yeah, be okay. part of the show any time you want. We'll right, talk to you soon. Hope. Just keep me on hold. Okay. You got, you got it. All right, guys, um, let's see. It's uh, 1042. Uh, let's put out a last call for phone calls tonight, 563-999-3633, 563 563- Nine 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 three six three three. Hit the number one on your keypad if you want to um, come on the show here. Let me um, breeze through the questions that were submitted on the message boards at canesport.com. I uh, haven't gotten to too many of them uh, so far tonight because we, we've had so many good callers. What do you expect to see from the defense this week, uh, especially defending the short passing game, especially in the flat? Um, Toledo's going to do a lot of the same things that Bethune-Cookman was doing. And um, I think this one's going to be interesting. Like, you know, if you've listened to the whole show, we talked about it early. Um, I love the fact that this Toledo offense is as explosive at its level 
of competition as it is. I think they're going to test the secondary. I think the secondary needs to be tested. I think they need to, I think they need to be worn out by the time we get to about 6.30, 7 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. Um, it, it's a young secondary. They haven't played together a lot. Um, a lot of experimentation going on in the secondary in, in terms of, you know, players out there that haven't proven themselves, you know, very much in the roles that they're playing this year. And I think that if for a game that when you scheduled it, you had no idea what you were getting. Um, I think it's showing up great for Miami because I do think the defense is going to have to play. And, um, to me, when you're getting ready to go to Duke and play that Friday night game and you're getting ready to go, you know, jump in with Florida State, which had the seasoning of playing Alabama, I, I think I, I think you can only hope that Toledo shows up on Saturday uh, and, and brings the game to the Miami defense and gives them a, a, a good, a really good workout. And um, I don't expect Toledo to challenge to, 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 to win the game, you know, you know, ho- hopefully, obviously not. I don't think their defense is going to be able to stop Miami at all, but um, I, I do think that their offense will test the Miami defense a little bit. They get rid of the ball quickly, which will negate the pass rush and they're going to make the linebackers and DBs cover. And like I said, I think that's great. So, uh, you know, that one's going to be interesting and, and, and add a little intrigue to this weekend, which is good. We need it. Um, with the time off, has Nikozi Perry caught up a little with the playbook and Kenny earn some playing time soon? Um, personally, I would think the opposite. It's not like they've been practicing these last couple of weeks. They just got back to practice a few days ago. And I would think that this interruption increases the likelihood that Nikozi Perry gets redshirted this year, unless the position is beset by injury. Um, if Malik Rozier were to get hurt, I think all bets are off. I think at that point, Mark Rick's got decisions to make, but um I, I think right now this is Malik Rozier's opportunity. I think he's going to um, get to keep it and, and, and get the opportunity, certainly for the next few several weeks here, as they go through the stretch of games with um, Duke, Florida State, and Georgia Tech. I, I, I would be shocked if there's any change at quarterback unless it's necessitated by an injury. And then now, as you're that deep into the season, I think there's the strong likelihood that Nikozi Perry gets redshirted this year. We'll see what Mark Rick decides on that one. Um, Will the team be ready to play on Saturday, or has the extended layoff hurt them badly? Um, I do think they'll be ready. I, I think that you're talking about these kids being away from football for three weeks. There's no reason for them not to be ready. But I do think it's going to take a little time to get their rhythm back. Um, I wouldn't be shocked at all if things are a little shaky in the first quarter. Uh, if maybe you know they need to get their legs under them a little bit early in the game, we'll see what happens. Um, but, um, you know, three weeks between games, that's a long time. And uh, so I think Miami's got some adjustments here and, you know, just getting back into the swing of things on Saturday. Uh, maybe they'll come out all guns blazing. Toledo is not very good on defense. So that is very possible. But I also wouldn't be surprised if it takes them a little bit to get their rhythm going again. And, um, you know, we'll see how that plays out. Is there more to the offense? than we have seen so far. Does Mark Rick know what he has and will he adjust? Will we see a lot of ground game this weekend? And uh, especially if there's bad weather, but the offense will need to be more dynamic to win the big games. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, I mean, is there more offense than Mark Rick showed against Bethune Cookman? Do we really need to answer that question? Um, 
of course there's more offense. Uh, he wasn't going to empty the playbook in the Bethune-Cookman game. I mean, this is a team that we know has a lot of weapons, and I think we will see them all in many different ways as the season progresses. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll leave that one at that. Um, does the vertical passing game that Mark Rick prefers necessitate the need for the taller receivers? I mean, I think when you go vertical, that size helps a lot because the longer the throw, I think it helps the quarterbacks to have receivers that have a little bit of a larger radius to hit. I mean, you know, you got to be pretty darn good on, you know, if you're, if you're throwing uh 30 yard out routes or, you know, things like that to the smaller guys, like say Harley, uh, you know, just, I, I think it's a lot easier to hit Lawrence Cager, you know, who's got that, you know, that great wingspan and radius. Um, so I, I, I would say the exception to that would be if you're going over the top, which I'm sure that we're going to see tried some this year with Harley and Thomas and, you know, just flat out foot races with people. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think big receivers, you know, we've argued about it on the show. I, I don't make my opinion on that a secret. I, I love big receivers. I, I think they're weapons and game plans. And uh, I think Miami's got a few decent ones now on the roster, both that are playing and are not playing. Uh, I mean, I, w- when you guys get a hold of this evidence, Najoku kid, I don't know what's going to happen with him this year. Um, I don't know if he'll be redshirted, not redshirted, you know, how that's going to go. But um, that's, a, that's a kid that lo- he, he's, he's, a, he's got a, a lot of David in him, but he's different. He's skinnier. He's, a, he's a clearly a receiver, and he's going to be a fit for people once he develops and learns what he's doing out there. Um, with having no breaks for the rest of the season, is this team built to go through the onslaught of conference play? The original schedule set up more favorably. Um, yeah, it did. And I think this is a great, great, great question. Um, the way the schedule is now, I don't think there's any question that depth issues could come more into play. Uh, maybe an offensive line and defensive back in particular. Uh, you can't afford injuries. That's the bottom line. They, they can't afford injuries. If they don't have injuries, um, then, yeah, they'll be, they're built for the onslaught of conference play. I, I, there's nothing on that schedule that's insurmountable, including Florida State, you know, since they you know, lost their quarterback. Uh, you know, let's be honest. They, they, playing Florida State without DeAndre Francois is not going to be the same as it would have been playing with him at eight o'clock on a Saturday night. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens, but uh, yeah, I think they're built to go through the schedule even as it exists now, but they can't have injuries at those key spots where they don't have depth. How worried are we about the defense? The two upper-class transfers that were brought in to solidify the cornerback position might both end up on the bench. No, 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 no. They're not going to – well, Javante Dean is on the bench right now. He hasn't developed as quickly as I'm sure they thought he would when they signed him. Um, Dee Delaney's not ending up on the bench. Okay, I'm sorry. I know he had a rough, some rough stretches against Bethune-Cookman, but I don't see him ending up on the bench. I mean, on paper, he's the first or second corner on this team. Um, we don't know how he ranks until he shows us more, and he's got more to show us. There's no question about it. Uh, you know, I, I think that there was a lot of hype around Dee Delaney coming into the program. He was looked at as a draftable guy when he was at the Citadel. He's played a lot of football against decent competition at the Citadel. Uh, and, I, and I think people were, you know, largely because 
Miami needs him to be that this. You know, they were looking for him to be a dude out there on the corner and be a guy that never comes off the field and, and just holds down his side of the field. Well, that wasn't the case against Bethune-Cookman, and he had some rough stretches in there. Um, I think he's got something to prove on Saturday. I think he's going to be tested. Uh, as much as uh, a team like Toledo can test somebody. And I think he's got to show up better. And then, you know, certainly Duke's going to test them and Florida state's going to try to test them. And, you know, they're going to want him to prove that he's as good as he hopes to be. So, um, but the position without D Delaney, um, no, that would be, to me, that would be scary. Okay. Really scary. And you, and you don't have a lot of room for any, negative things to go on at the cornerback position. Uh, it's light right now. Hopefully re- through recruiting by next year, it'll be shored up. But right now it's a little light at that spot. Um, you know, Michael Jackson's, a, he, he, he's okay, but he's, he, he, you're plugging, you're plugging, uh, you're plugging with him. You're hoping to get 20, 25 plays a game so that Malik Young doesn't have to go 80. Cause if Malik Young has to go 80 plays with the high tempo, offenses that you're going against these days and stuff like that this defense is in trouble okay and uh, imagine if you didn't have d delaney and and you were trying to you know make do with the cornerback situation on the roster right now it, 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 to me it would be very ugly um so no i don't see him ending up on the bench can this team beat duke virginia tech notre dame etc or do they falter like they have in recent years? Yeah, they can beat anybody. But, like, we're here. They haven't played in 21 days. This is the second game of the season. You, you got a lot of newness, a lot of guys in new roles. I don't think we really, really, really have a feel for this team yet. And I think we'll get one quick because of, you know, Duke and Florida State coming up and a, a lesser extent what they're going to face against Toledo Saturday. But um, we don't really know this team yet. I mean – uh, we, we'll know them better in a month, but you know, right now, you think that they can, you know, beat the greater percentage of these teams that they're playing. But you know, guys like Uki will tell you that's not good enough. But that's you know, that's who's on the schedule. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, do I expect the schemes to be vanilla against Toledo? I don't think they can afford to be vanilla on defense against Toledo. I don't know what Mark Rick will cook up on offense. I think they can do pretty much whatever they want offensively against these guys. Um, but I don't know if they're going to be able to afford to be vanilla on defense against Toledo just because of the things that they do on offense and how good they are at what they do on offense. So um, we'll see how that one plays out. Um, will Amon Richards get a lot of burn or, or minimal reps? Um, I would say if he shows up in this game, which I think you know last we heard was kind of iffy, um, it would be kind of minimal. I don't see them wearing him out against Toledo. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he, I, I would actually expect him not to play at all. Uh, they need him on Richards hundred percent for Duke and Florida state. I mean, he played a lot of football last year. It's not going to matter that he hasn't played in these games early in the year. They need him hundred percent healthy when they get, when they go Duke, Florida state, Georgia tech. So we might not see him on Richards till, till Duke possibly, hopefully. Do the Canes have to win big against Toledo to keep a ranking in the polls? Yeah, maybe, but not necessarily also. I, I think the polls are hard to predict, but I, I also think polls right now are totally irrelevant. You just got to win. Um, I don't think it matters you know, whether you're 13th or 15th or 12th. It, it really doesn't. Until, you, until you're moving up 
the chain and getting yourself into the top five or 10, that's when polls start to matter. Um, Miami's not there yet. Uh, they still have some work to do and uh, wins will take care of that. With Francois out at FSU, could Toledo be the best offense and best quarterback Miami has faced all season? Um, I think we have to, let's wait till after the game to make that judgment. I mean, right. You know, I don't think any of us, have watched a lot of Toledo football. You know, I, I mean, we know the kid's got great stats. The, the, the Logan Woodside kid, phenomenal stats. He, he, he's, he's, he wins. They're 3-0. and They just came off the greatest come, one of the greatest comeback victories in school history. Overcame a 21-point deficit to defeat Tulsa 54-51. They racked up 679 yards of total offense in that game. So, I mean we're talking about a quarterback that threw for six touchdowns last week. So, I mean, the resume is there. He's, he's done great. He's clearly a very good quarterback, but I don't think any of us have seen enough Toledo football to make a judgment on, on if he's going to be the best quarterback that Miami's going to see this year. Um, I think the Virginia tech kid has been doing pretty well. Um, we'll have to see. I mean, we don't even know what this Florida state kid can do. I wouldn't expect him to be one, the best that they play this year as a, you know, coming out as a true freshman. Um, so we'll see, we'll see how it plays out. Um, but, but he's good. He's very good. And I think it's great that he's going to test the Miami defense and harden them a little bit, hopefully this week. And hopefully they stand up well to it and perform well. All right, guys, that's going to do it for tonight. I hope everybody enjoyed the show. I thought we had some great calls. Um, I want to give another shout-out to one of our sponsors, thestartup.com. That's the company created by Canes fans, for Canes fans that only hires Canes fans. If you're an entrepreneur, if you're a small business owner, and you want some guidance in building your business, your business plans, you know, how, communicating, strategizing with team members, and even managing and forecasting your cash flows, things like that. The startup.com has been created to help you. And uh, if you fall into that category, check them out. Like I said, they're Canes fans and they hire Canes fans. That's going to do it. I'll see everybody hopefully at the stadium on Saturday for the Toledo game. Everybody should be jonesing for football. No reason if you're a Canes fan and you live in the southern part, at least, of the state of Florida. You don't get yourself out to Hard Rock Stadium on Saturday. Should be fun. You get the tailgate, show up 10-11, get some tailgating in, and then go inside and, and watch what should be a somewhat interesting game in terms of the kind of game that it is. Uh, Miami, I guess, is about a two-touchdown favorite. And hopefully they, they cover the spread for all of you that like to make a little wager on your game. So uh, thank you to everybody that called in tonight. I thought it was a great show. And uh, we'll be back here next Tuesday night at 8 to do it again. So uh, good night, everybody.